Which meant it's time for me to start flapping my lips. There's one thing I can do. It's flap my lips. Zach, what's up, man? December 26th, day after Christmas, we are well within Mm -hmm. the glow of Christmas. Which will continually, gradually soften and diminish until the day after New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're full on in the glow. Oh, Christmas. (laughs) I feel it. If people go to the uh, Dave Ellswick page and check out the videos, they'll see it. I'm physically manifesting the glow of Christmas. It's a nice jacket. Yeah, it's a nice jacket and tie. Mm-hmm. With my tie, and then and then a a Santa hat has spontaneously appeared <laughs> on top of the hats that Dave normally has. <laughs> All right, folks, this is the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM, the answer, the best in talk radio. In Little Rock and parts elsewhere. Glad to have you. I'm Shane Stacks. I'm not Dave Ellswick. Uh, you know, I said in for him sometime. Always feel privileged and honored when he asks. And we, uh, I, I got to tell you, Zach. Now, a lot of times I cover for him, and and I, I I give the secret and say nobody. You know, it's just between me and you, Zach. Yeah. Nobody else can know this. So all you listeners out there, plug your ears. <laughs> Zach is really Captain, or not Zach, uh, Dave is really Captain America. So a lot of times when I fill, on, fill in for him, he's off on a super secret Captain America mission in his spandex, which we don't need to think about, <laughs> punching Nazis in the jaw. And he has an RV that the exhaust is red, white, and blue. And he travels the roads of America, the byways, the highways, righting wrongs and punching Nazis in the jaw. Goodness. But he's also, the reason he's not in today, he's also Santa Claus. And he needed a day off. So not only is he Captain America, Dave Ellswick, ladies and gentlemen, is Santa Claus. Like 20 years ago, he well, about 10 years ago now, he knocked Tim Allen off the roof. Because Tim Allen was Santa Claus. Goodness. But he knocked him off the roof, and then Dave put on the costume, the Santa suit, which legally binds him mm. to be Santa Claus. So he just needed a day off, and I don't know what what's going on. He's got he's got Robert Steinbach and Kim. Who all's co- who all's coming in the next few days? Um, like I said, those two for sure that I know of. Okay, and uh, so Robert, Robert Steinbach is tomorrow. It's tomorrow and Monday and Monday. What about Ken Kim Hammer? Now he's just going to be a guest on the show. Oh, he's going to be a guest on the show. That's okay. right. And then, folks, don't forget, Kim Hammer has a show on Saturdays right. at noon, mm-hmm. immediately prese- preceding my show of Shane Plays right here on The Answer. That's right. All right. So, Zach, I got it. And I want people to call in if they want all through the day, no matter the topic. I mean, if you had a nice Christmas, did you get a favorite gift? Did you remember that no matter how much fun it all is, Christ is the reason for the season? Christ is the light. Even people who don't believe in Christ. See, there's this thing called, um, I'm trying to remember the exact theological term for it. Okay. It's, it's called like shared grace or something. God is so amazing. The stuff he does yeah. will sometimes just flow out and mm-hmm. fall upon people who don't even believe him. Overflows. Overflow. And and uh, 
and Christmas is one of those times. Yeah. There's all this amazingness and all this light and fun. And in a lot of the world, it's just secular and a fun time, right? But it's it's shared grace. It's grace that has over God is just, you know, we're 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 it just our our love for God just It's an overabundance. And it's an overabundance. Mm-hmm. So that if people you know, a lot of people think that Christianity is like, it's a bunch of bad rules and did it. Yeah. If you don't believe in God, and you know that's that's between you and God. I, exactly. I, 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 my my role as a Christian is to tell the truth as God has shared it with about me about the good news. I don't own whether you believe it or not, mm-hmm. and I respect you either way. Right, you're, you're your own person. Exactly. But that wonderful, amazing time you feel at Christmas is just a tiny fraction of of what a relationship with God feels like, and what it's like to be with Him and to have His Spirit. And 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 it's probably the closest thing we'll understand yeah. to being with him uh, once we're gone in, in in our spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of people say go to heaven. You know, in in the Bible, we don't just run off to a bunch of clouds. No, it's, you do not. I don't want to get into all that right now. Yeah. But but I love Christmas. But you take this Christmas time, and then, uh, like you said, you know, it, you really feel that relationship with the Father. But then you know what? You can take that. And it, it it can extend it to your everyday life, right? That's what it's supposed to do. That's what right. It would be great, you know, right. to extend it to your every single day it, it life. It is. It's great if you can. I mean, my life mm-hmm. has been. I'm not saying my life's been perfect since I became a Christian, and the yeah. Bible doesn't say your life's gonna be perfect, right? But it's been a hundred times better. You know, there's a there's a trust and a foundation there. Amen. But anyway, I love Christmas. I love all of Christmas. I love the stuff that's so called secular. Even though if you trace its origins, a lot of it comes out of Christian things and and people were like well it's just a celebration of the solstice okay whatever i don't i don't i love christmas whatever you want to believe yeah i love christmas Mm -hmm. and for me christmas is about the light of christ and then we just have all this fun stuff around it yep okay and we're actually um we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff on the show today we're gonna be talking about uh we've got uh we're gonna talk about the impeachment stuff some and what i want to talk about later in the show everyone's like impeachment 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 I want to talk about what impeachment actually is. Okay. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. They hear what the news says. And a lot of people think if you're impeached, that means you got to be removed from office. Right. And that's not necessarily the case. It can be a result of being impeached. And, it, but it's more like, I got to work on that. You like, I got to work on that lip smack. And when I'm editing my own audio, man, I don't, well, this little thing help. I'm going to put this whole cover on. Will that help? With the lip smacking? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, everyone it, has their own thing. It's lip smacking good. <laughs> Dave Ellsworth show is so good, it's lip smacking good. Okay, so we're going to talk about later in the show, what is what actually is impeachment? Yeah. What does it all mean? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about, uh, also, there's uh, Governor Hutchinson uh, wants to welcome refugee, refugees into Arkansas. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And one of the angles I want to talk about is a friend of mine on Facebook went, well, at least one Republican's reading his Bible. And I want to talk about what 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 the plan actually is. And then I want to talk about if somebody does something you agree with, does that suddenly mean they're reading the Bible? And if they do something you disagree with, does that suddenly mean that they're not reading their Bible? Right. <sighs> so we'll talk about that a little bit. Because I, I didn't take exception, and I, I don't argue on Facebook a lot these days, especially around Christmas, but I don't argue a lot. 
And But that one I had to call out and go, you know, I'm not even talking about whether I agree with Governor Hutchinson's plan. And in the Bible talks about stuff. But this whole, oh, it looks like somebody read their Bible. That just, let's talk about that. What does that really mean, reading your Bible? So we'll we'll talk about that. But we will talk about the 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 uh, the actual refugee plan later in the day um, to finish out the day. We'll have a little fun. I don't know if Ken Hammer is going to do a fun Friday tomorrow or not. So I'll do a little fun Friday this afternoon. It's Christmas. We're in the we're in the window of Christmas, so we can make it fun. And uh, Mark Pellegrini and Tim Lim will be joining us, and we'll have some fun. We're going to talk. about, you've heard about this Krampus thing. There's like this pagan evil Christmas creature thing called Krampus. They've made movies and stuff about. Okay. I'm going to ask Mark about that. Huh. He, he's the mega brain. Mark is the meek, the geek mega brain. So I want to know where this Krampus It's evidently a really old tradition. Is it spelled with a K or a C? A K. A K. K. I think I may have seen it. Like, I, mean, right. I think I probably have seen the word somewhere before, right. but I've never read right. it's upon some, it. It's evidently like a really old tradition. Okay. Something to do with Christmas, and I don't know. Yeah. So I know a little bit about it, uh, but we're, we'll talk politics today. We're going to have some fun today. Doug Tin Naple, who is... Uh, is a creative guy that does a lot of stuff in Hollywood, et cetera, but he's also very conservative. He's going to call in about 2.30. We'll get an update from him. Uh, from 3 to 3.30, my pastor, Jason Bogardus from uh, Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, is going to come in for 30 minutes, and we're going to look at some of the theology uh, around Christmas time and what, like one of the things I like to, yeah, I don't know if we'll have time to get into this or not with Jason, but one of the things I like to do is there's the Christmas story as people know it. Right. How does it actually match up with the Bible? And I'm not down on the Christmas story. It captures all the main elements like symbolically, mm-hmm. right? But how does it actually match up to what we know, right? So we'll talk about that. And then we've got, uh, like I said, Mark and Tim will be coming in. And we'll, we will be talking some politics today. It's going to be a good mix today, folks. When I come back, we're going to talk about... Uh, the day after Christmas, December 26th, and my grandmother, sweet mom. So we're going to talk about that when I come back here. I don't know what, about two minutes? How long is this break? We'll be right back in three minutes on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, setting in for but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. As we revealed in a major scoop uh, in the first segment of the show, Dave is actually Santa Claus and is taking a day off from delivering seven-something billion gifts Whatever it is. We tracked it on noradsanta.org. Me and my son, we tracked we tracked Santa. He's, a, he's six. He's in that age where he believes, but he doesn't believe at the same time. And we've never gone out of our way to tell him that Santa Claus is real. You know, we focus on Christ, but we don't hide Santa Claus. We do it all. But I've never gone out of my way to be like, he's real. And uh, so my son's kind of. You just want to give him that experience. Yeah, him have like experience I, never, I never believed in Santa Claus growing up, but right. I love Santa Claus, right? And I love all of it, but I know kids that believed, you know? So, it's true. Yeah. Uh, either way, but anyway, yeah, so he kind of believes, kind of doesn't. It'll be curious to see what's going on next year. I want to talk real quick. The day after Christmas, if you don't know, I'm going to let you in on a little secret that my grandmother, who's gone now, taught me. And and she was one of those, I mean, she made every penny stretch. They grew up, like, in the Depression and all that. 
And so even when they had money and were doing okay and basically middle class, they lived like, you know, the bottom could drop out any moment because they'd seen it. They'd lived it. And she taught me, she took me with her one year. She did this every year. I went with her one year. The day after Christmas, she went to the mall and got all her next year's Christmas decorations and bags and bows and on big sale because they're wanting to get rid of that. Christmas is over. We got to get this stuff out of here. So I guarantee if you go to like, I don't know about Walmart because they're, they're pretty, their stuff's pretty uh, close to the margin anyway, I think. I don't know. But you've got Walmart, you've got, uh, you know, the mall, you got Target, all these places. Kroger, they've got a little Christmas section. A lot of that stuff's going to be on sale today, big time. And, and, and inventory they brought in for Christmas that they wanted to get rid of or they need to get rid of will be on sale today, big time, and over the next few days. But, yeah, she would. Now, let me tell you about my grandmother. We called, and it's good, my, my, my oldest cousin, Kim, started this. But you know how, like, every grandparent, they have their grandma or grandpa name? I, I don't know how this came up, but it's just it is sweet mom and sweet dad. And I, I can say those names right now and just feel the love. I have never heard that before. There's one or two people I've met in life that said they had a sweet mom and sweet dad. But it's very, very rare. And uh, evidently my my cousin Kim, you know, she was the first one that came along. There was, let's say, there was Kim, uh, my brother Scott, my brother Jason, my cousin Crystal, and me. We were all separated by about a year. And Kim came along first, and she started calling them. It was either Pete Mom and Pete Dad or Meet Mom and Meet Dad. I think it was Pete Mom and Pete Dad. And that was Sweet Mom and Sweet Dad. And that became their name. And they were. They were sweet. They were love on two feet, man. But anyway, yeah, my, my grandmother, Sweet Mom, she would go out. And see, the other thing that was special about her, her birthday was December 26th. So she would go out on her birthday, and what she wanted to do was go uh, go out and shop and get all of these. I mean, ridiculously, like she'd be in the Hallmark store. She'd be in all these places. So if you're looking for deals, like if you have the forethought to think ahead a year, you can go out today and get a lot of stuff cheap for your wrapping paper bows, all that stuff. That makes sense. It does, and she did it. Sweet mom. We'll go out on a mission. And I went with her, and you could tell she enjoyed it. She's looking through everything and, you know, showing and, and telling me, you know, you can save money and all this stuff. And she might even buy, like, some stocking stuffers, whatever. And she'd set on that stuff for a year and bust it out. I Christmas. wonder how many people actually do that. You know, I don't know. I mean, she came from a generation that was like, you know, we're going to save every penny. Right. Uh, so I imagine some people do, but maybe not as much. You know, as used to. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. basically like it's not as busy, you know, in the right. store, right? As opposed to you know before Christmas because right. everyone's doing late minute shopping, right? So that I would just that makes sense. It does, you know, especially little stuff that you know that they've they've already the margin. Like if you go in and buy a wrapping paper, the margin is so high on that stuff. I mean, they're making buku margin on it. So the day after Christmas, they just want to get rid of it. And I mean, you'll you'll get some really deep deep, deep discounts. But anyway, yeah, so there was sweet mom and there was sweet dad. But sweet mom will go out on her birthday, 
you know, and, and later when I got a little older, you know, I was like preteen teen or whatever. I was like, wow, your birthday's the day after Christmas, you know, and, and, and so everyone makes such a huge deal out of Christmas. And then there's that one little, oh yeah, by the way, happy birthday, sweet mom. But she, you know, she did get a gift, you know, on, and I think sometimes she would get her birthday gift during Christmas, you know, during the big frenzy of, we had a, we had a big Christmas Eve thing. Uh, with one side of the family, and then on Christmas Day, you know, I'd be with my mom and whatnot. Um, so we got we got to Christmas twice. But anyway, so is 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 sweet mom uh, doing the shopping? Her birthday, December twenty sixth. And here's something you know, I didn't even. Sometimes you don't find out about stuff about people until they're gone. Her her name is Arzell, which I've never heard that name, Arzell Stacks. And she was up from around the Greenbrier area. My great uncle, her brother, is still around. He's like 90-something. He's tough. But her name, I always thought Arzell was a pretty name. I never heard it. I've never heard anybody else named Arzell. And then I found out later, I guess that was like her middle name or something. Her real name was Lottie. And evidently, she didn't like the name Lottie, which I think is a beautiful name. So it's just weird, you know, you find out stuff. But but my grandparents and 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 you know we we spent a lot of time when I was growing up at our grandparents' house, and they half raised us. So a lot a lot of the love and a lot of the unconditional love and a lot of the just amazing memories are my grandparents. So I just wanted to you know kind of honor her today. It's a, it's her birthday, December twenty sixth, and she really was sweet. Like my brother, you know, I, I moved away during high school, but he stayed around here. Uh, and so he's got all his high school buddies and all, and everyone's like, sweet mom's house, sweet mom. So like everybody loved sweet mom and you know, she was great. Sweet mom and sweet dad. They were both amazing. But yeah, that's weird to me. Her name is Lottie, which to me, I'm like, that's a really pretty name. And, uh, and she, she didn't like it for some reason. So here's the Arzell, AKA sweet mom. So what about you? Did you have a nice Christmas act? Did you, what did you, what'd you get up to? See Christmas Christmas Eve, I spent um, time with my girlfriend and her family, you know, and uh, we just whoa, 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 uh oh, whoa! You didn't know that, you man, you sh- you do my show every week. Oh man, if we didn't have Doug Ten Naple coming on at two thirty, <laughs> you would be in trouble. I picked the perfect time, huh? Oh, so you okay? You and your you went to your girlfriend's house, all right. You're we off. spent we All spent right. time with her family, yep. and um, that day, mm-hmm. and yesterday, I just spent time with my own family. You know, just watching NBA basketball all day. Is that a, is that like a perfect Christmas for you, hanging out and watching NBA basketball? Man, sports, just um, enjoying myself, relaxing, not doing anything because it's a holiday. Mm-hmm. It's a day off. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Did you did you have some mac and cheese? Not yesterday, not this time. Did you have any at all? Just, not for Thanksgiving. Not for, well, I had well, it for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, but not, not for Christmas. Okay, yeah. Well, what did you have? What was your favorite Christmas food this year that you had? I had some amazing turkey. Well, we had spaghetti. Okay. Yeah, it was spaghetti, garlic bread, rolls. Is that like kind of traditional at your house? Not really. Not really? We, most of the time we do have mac yeah. and cheese, ham, yeah. and stuff like that more often than not. But this yeah. year was just, just a, little a little bit, bit different. different. All right. Well, we had, I had turkey that my brother cooked and also had turkey that my um, my wife's sister, what does that make her, my sister, sister-in-law? Uh, that she cooked, and both turkeys were amazing. So that was my thing. Anyway, we when we come back, we're going to be talking with Doug Tennaple, who's, who's an amazingly creative guy, but also very conservative and always fascinating, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, sending in for but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. It is the day after Christmas, which is still very much in the window of Christmas. In fact, some some countries today is Boxing Day, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. It's uh, it's not they they don't climb into the ring and and beat on each other. It it's it's kind of a a day for charity for the poor and other things. And then it uh, it's a it's a national holiday in a lot of countries. It was in England when I lived there, uh, and I think it's kind of turned into their Black Friday. Like there's a lot of sales and stuff. But anyway. Moving right along after Zach dropped the bombshell on me that he's got a girlfriend right before break, so I couldn't very clever, so I couldn't couldn't go too to go too deep on that. We've got Doug Tin Naple on the line, who's definitely one of my favorite people to talk to, and he's he's a big booster of, of Salem radio stations, so we, we love that. Doug, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. How to do, Shane? How to do? Zach's got a girlfriend. Zach has a girlfriend, and then he he's, has, he just dropped it uh, on has me. Has he kissed her? Has he kissed I, her? I'm not even going there, but you can go there if you want. Zach I is just want Zach to go is on a half of the of the Salem audience. Just Zach is a manly man, but he's also a a very good pure man. So I don't know I don't know what he's done. He's a stoic. Yeah, he's stoic. Help. That's right. He courts. He will court her. Mark my words. Yeah. He's a good man. She's a lucky well, woman. Almost, it's almost Happy New Year, Happy Boxing Day. I'm also happy uh, that we that we do support the celebration of fighters around the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all of you, they put on what happens on Boxing Day is they put on festive trunks and they wear a Santa hat and they climb into the ring and they air out their grievances. Yeah, giant, giant silk. Those giant yeah. silk boxing shorts. Yeah. How, how was Christmas? It was great. Had a very nice Christmas. We uh, Christmased three days in a row in multiple locations with family. So I had a Christmas coma last night. I passed out very early yeah. for me, about 9 o'clock, and I slept 12 hours. And so and the rest of the family did, too. We were out because we ran hard for like three days. And it was very yeah, nice. I'm a big no-carb I'm a big no carb guy, so I had way too many carbs on Christmas Day, and I comb it out in the afternoon. <laughs> I was going to lay down for a small nap, and I was out for four hours. Wow. I had a little whiskey in me too. But, yeah, uh, my just a smidge. Yeah. Well, all right. A well, Mary, bit of celebration. Well, how did you know? How did uh, I got to ask you? Because a lot of people. Let me reintroduce you for people who may not be familiar with you, Doug. Sure. Doug is. Uh, a creative guy, he created uh, Earthworm Jim, which has, of course, been right. a very a video game and a and a and a cartoon. It's it's become a franchise of its own. It's uh, there's now he has recently delivered an amazing comic book that is more like a uh, beautiful coffee table graphic novel. Um, and and then he's also he does Bigfoot Bill, which hopefully we'll get an update here in a moment. And then. Doug also is a very creative guy that that mixes in uh, uh, kind of Hollywood circles and TV circles and and but he's sure. he's unusual and that he's 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 unapologetically conservative while doing so, which is very very nice. He's been the uh, I believe Emmy nominated producer of the Veggie right. Tales that was on uh, Netflix. Emmy nominated for Veggie Tales. Uh-huh. Uh, I also worked on the Earthworm Jim animated cartoon, which actually created that. And, uh, and yeah, hardcore conservative Christian. 
yeah. like to the right of almost everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And more uh, exclusivity of Christ and, uh, you know, the Bibles without error than almost anybody I know. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. So it's you are a uh, you are a unicorn. Uh, but in a good way, you're 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 a, you're an impossible creature. But I'm glad that you exist. So uh, just yeah, like, and I think God has me out here for a purpose. Like uh, I, I'm really attracted to uh, dark uh, artists. You know, like the sad, hyper creative, crazy goths and Wiccans and stuff like that. Those are my people that I really I, I like being with. You them. hang out with that's them. Where I'm supposed to be. I like hanging out with them, and I like. Sharing the gospel, but just I, I like just loving them. I like yeah. being with them. I like loving them. Yeah, I could dig that, man. I'm I'm you know, I spend a lot of time in pretty heavy geek circles. And yeah. a lot of the geek circles are, you know, they're they're like, no, you know, because they they a lot of geeky people are uh have high IQs, in my opinion, yeah. in my experience. And high IQ people can can have, you know, they're like, No, that doesn't make any sense. I that's that I just don't believe that, you know. So when you can, you know, when all, you, being outsiders, they're also naturally uh, rebellious, right? And that uh, is right, lo- loners and stuff like that. So, right, I just think those people need some uh, to hear the, a good message and the light. And I can go toe to toe with any of them on the arts and writing and all that. When right. It comes to talking about that, no, I dig it, man. When the that's one of the things I like about my geekdom is it's it, it bridges, you know multiple people that that geek geekdom is kind of a place where a lot of people that normally wouldn't hang out hang out because they have shared right. loves of like, things so, yeah. like dave elswick and i being bound by godzilla there you go of godzilla. the godzilla my son got a godzilla versus uh king Ghidorah toy for christmas and he was pretty pretty happy with that oh yeah he it's wanted stock well i tell you i told him I, and this is true. You remember the the Shogun Warriors Godzilla from like the seventies? Yeah. Okay, I had one of those when so I was a kid. The trigger on the back of the head and the little plastic tongue comes. The out. tongue would come out, and because it was Shogun Warriors, Godzilla inexplicably would also shoot his fist off. So that's right. That is a Shogun Warrior thing. Like they had the, you push the button, and they would shoot them. shoot off the fist. So I had one of those as a kid, and I literally like my grandmother's told me this, my mom's told me this. I slept with it like it was a teddy bear. Because one time my grandmother came in and was like going to check on me or something. And she like put her hands in the covers and she hit that cold, like what? And it kind of scared her. And and I was just cuddled up with Godzilla. So I told my son that story because he's kind of getting into Godzilla. And he was like, well, I want to. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can find a big Godzilla like that anymore, son. I, I don't know what I can do. I mean, I'm sure I can go to eBay or whatever and find one. Yeah. But. Well, I got him, you know, there's still those little uh, Godzilla toys in the stores because of the movie came out. So he got, yeah. he got, he got, he got Ghidorah versus, versus Godzilla. So, um, uh, it, a fine yeah, Merry Christmas. That is a fine yeah. Merry Christmas. Stomp down the new allegorical symbol of the Antichrist with your Godzilla. Right. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Good guy, bad guy. Good guy, bad guy. Very yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I love it. So, in Rise of Skywalker, is out there some resurrection action in that one too? Rise of Skywalker, yeah. I don't want to. Dave has asked not to go uh, into specifics on Rise of Skywalker yet, but I know here in a 
in a few weeks he wants to. So if you want to talk Rise of Skywalker, I'll definitely tell him that you'd like to be a part of that. Yeah, uh, I like the blow of Yeah, there was some really, really there was a lot of redemption in Rise of Skywalker, and they did a lot of stuff on a scale I've never seen. I enjoyed it. I went to the movie. You know, everyone's yeah. like making this big rare thing about Star Wars. I went to the movie. I wanted to see space opera and space ant fantasy on an epic scale, and you know what? I did, and I had fun. Yeah, you know that, that's my opinion too. It's kind of uh, it's a solid solid B minus. I'd say I you know guild Star Wars blowing you away. That's not going to happen to me again. Right in my lifetime with the original trilogy hanging out there, but it did a really good job of ending that story. Well, I think Dave cool gave it a B. And I, I agreed with that. So anyway, yeah. so real quick, and then we'll get to a break and we come back. Maybe we can talk a little bit about Chesterton. But sure. what can what did Earthworm Jim and Bigfoot Bill get up to over the holidays? They did, uh, well, the book, we delivered the Earthworm Jim hardbound book. And get it, we got a huge response of everyone digging uh, that. We put a lot of money in the production value on that thing. And then... They said, well, too, I'm starting inking that book. I'm about 70 pages into a 160-page book. We're going to open that campaign up uh, in in February. So, you know, just, it's pretty unheard of to be a conservative Christian, an outspoken one, and be able to make a decent, make some decent income on comic books. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm a unicorn in that sense, too. And <laughs> independently, this is the way forward for a lot of Christians. Independently, right? Yeah, and Indiegogo and Kickstarter and all those things are you can connect directly with your fans and whatever bias, whether it's good or bad, that may exist in the middlemen, you can just go around. So, okay. uh, yeah, and then you know you you take more risk, but you also reap the rewards. So there you go. I got to worry about getting fired. Yeah. So when is uh, where whenabouts is your Bigfoot Bill Two uh, campaign going to launch? We're aiming for the end of February, probably February 24th is when I'll open that thing up and okay. start raising the money for the book. But by then, I should be well over halfway through uh, the actual production of the artwork. Okay. Well, you've got, I mean, the, you know, I got my Earthworm Jim delivered. That cow box is great. You generated a lot of buzz on social media with that cow box. It's a big white box with artwork on it. And then inside of it is the, is the Earthworm Jim book, which is quite substantial. So you did you did a great job with it. This is the most positive response I've ever gotten in entertainment in thirty years. That's fantastic. Just positive responses. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's fair. I, I got to admit, I mean, I, I, you know, it's almost a, uh, almost a trope question to say, how is it that that character has endured all these years? You know, but I got to say, I like Earthworm Jim. I think it's a cool character, yeah. but I am surprised that. That that it's endured all these all these years to this point. It's like it's almost getting, except for the TV show, which you know that's just a huge visibility. Yeah. It's it's almost bigger than it's ever been. As far yeah, as it just uh, the, 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 it's the kids. It's, these guys were kids in the nineties when it came out, and now they have disposable income and families. Right, they love that nostalgic peak, nostalgic age. If they were a little bit older, it might be waning off. And if they were a little bit younger, they wouldn't have heard of it by now. So right. it's a weird kind of cultural thing about things that were big in the 90s, kind of like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Well, you speaking of Ninja Turtles and whatnot, you know you're big when the when the bootleg toys come along. And Earthworm Tim has got to be out there somewhere. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you there's them. an Earthworm Tim out there somewhere. 
They, well, yeah, we'll be showing call the legal team and find <laughs> it. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, the bootleg toast. We're going to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Doug Tenapel. In, in addition to all the other accomplishments, uh, he is a, a uh, aficionado, a scholar of uh, G.K. Chesterton. So I've, he's yeah. been kind of uh, being my Mr. Miyagi. I, I'll text him and say, what, what book do I need to read next? And, and I've always been a, a, a C.K. Uh, or C.K. Yeah, not G.K. C.K. Lewis fan. Clive C.S. Lewis. Lewis, yeah, Staples. Clive Staples News. So many initials. Too. Yeah. I them. yeah, right. So yeah, they're it's the okay. initials. They're not the inklings. They're they're the initialings. So, yeah. um, anyway, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about when we come back from the break and the time we have left. Maybe uh, G.K. Chesterton, and if if Doug's aware of any perspective he had on Christmas and, and that sort of thing. So we'll be right back on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. And uh, we've got a great show today. And, and what we're doing right now, later we'll be talking about not, not the impeachment itself, but what actually is impeachment, how does it work, you know, understand these things. And talk about some stuff the Arkansas government's do, governor is doing with his refugee plan. We'll have fun with uh, Tim Lim and Mark Pellegrini later in the show to wrap up. But right now we're talking with... Doug Naple, who is the magic unicorn that is a very successful person in the creative industry who also happens to be staunchly conservative and staunchly fundamentally Christian. So another thing he is, is he's a uh, he's a student and a, and a scholar of G.K. Chesterton, who's one of the most powerful Christian thinkers of the 20th century. And I like to kind of think of him as c.s lewis but crunchier so uh that's kind of how i like yeah, to think and, of it and a, and a, a anchor you know the real anchor and and start of c.s lewis's uh progression into christianity uh he was inspired by chesterton's work uh the everlasting man kind of like how i'm the anchor of tim Lim and mark pellegrini who will come later in the show yeah and if you just want to geek out <laughs> you're welcome to call back in they're coming on uh, five to six. Originally, we weren't going to do a geek day today. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who likes to come on and talk politics, he had a surprise grandbaby today. So I, oh, I wow. yeah, I called, um, I called Mark and said, "Hey, you want to come on?" And he's he's always game for it. So it's kind of a surprise. Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. Hey, and uh, I'll, I'll let them take care of the show because I'm I'm inking a page. I have to get back to work, but yeah. You, you mentioned Chesterton and Christmas, and I've right. got a great Chesterton quote on the subject. He, uh, he wrote, remember, 11,000 articles. This guy has a quote on everything. Look up G.K. Chesterton quotes to your audience if you want to read some great Christian thinking and whimsy. So here's what he said. Anyone thinking of the holy child as born in December would mean it by exactly what we mean by it, that Christ is not merely a summer sun of the prosperous, but a winter fire. For the unfortunate. Man, he's got such a way of it. Yeah, he's deep. It just it cuts both ways and uh, so full of content. I'm in a, I'm in a Chesterton reading group with a, uh, about four guys. Two are pastors, one, you know, and one's, uh, one's a nurse. And we read Chesterton out loud uh, on Saturdays at a coffee house here in Franklin. We get together and we're reading Everlasting Man, which is like a phone book. Don't, don't let that be your first Chesterton book if you're going to read something. Right. Get into orthodoxy or 
right. probably just, just turns orthodoxy, but we're reading Everlasting Man. And this is the thing that really turned C.S. Lewis from atheism, some of the arguments in it, um, really, really cut him deep. And he loved Chesterton, not only because he was brilliant, but because he was so funny and mm-hmm. so well thought out and so entertaining. I think it was very seductive for C.S. Lewis. Well, that's what attracted me to uh, G.K. Chesterton before I came to appreciate the depth of his uh, belief and his ability to express just amazing theology in a, in a very witty but powerful way was his wit like in debates or, you know, like when he, I, I still, I, I love when he, he, he ended up at the wrong place and he, he telegrammed his wife and said, you know, is basically sent her a text and said, here's where I'm at. Where am I supposed to be? You know, and where was it? Yeah. He, yeah. he lost. He didn't know where he was. <laughs> yeah. He would always take the wrong train and yeah. kind of a, a airhead on day to day life, but no one could fight his way. He was best friends with the atheist socialist, George Bernard Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would go on debate tours together, and uh, he could just go toe to toe with mm-hmm. them all. If you ever read their debates, these are like the Lincoln Douglas debates, where like they were, uh, you know, an hour and twenty minutes long of amazing content, right. and not just a bunch of insults, but the, some of the most brilliant writing. And and uh, we need more of that. Have. We need people to be able yeah. to discourse with humor and love, and not just try to burn each other down. We need that so bad. Yes. Yeah, that's right. The tiny clips and tiny memes and a- applying one standard to the other side and different one for yourself. Those are things that we have to get beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I mean, this tearing each other down is it's just it doesn't win. All it does is is make you feel better and score points with your peer group or whatever. And and, you know, one of the things that I've been watching over the past couple of years, I'd say the past five or six years late, actually, if not before then, you know, I, obviously I have political people and political sides and political arguments yeah. that I would like to see prevail. But a yeah. deeper, a deeper issue is people are willing to sink the boat and let everything just be destroyed as long as their side wins. And th- th- there's sort of, I see it as like, there's a seam in between America that's being pulled apart. And I'm more worried about that than I am any one political situation, even though I'm a political oh, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm far more terrified of what's happening even to the family than I am of what's right. happening to politics. And politics, we take it very seriously, right? Like, right. Absolutely dismantle liberalism, but I can't, I can't get to that by dismantling another person, a fellow American. Right. Because we have to keep it about the argument and, and, Again, I, I don't. I don't know the way out of it. I only know that it can't be by escalating this fight. We can't keep escalating or something in the wrongs. So we have to appeal to each other somehow. Yeah, well, to, we have to uh, treat each- about the argument and still love each other. We have to treat each other as human beings that we disagree with. That's all. I disagree yeah. with you. That doesn't mean that you're Hitler. You know, That's right. everybody I disagree with is Hitler. No, you're not. I mean, I, I you know, can gain a lot from. You can gain a lot from the wisdom of Lincoln, who had probably the most difficult presidency ever, is that he oversaw a war where Americans were at war with mm-hmm. each other. And he is magnanimous to, the, to his opposition. And uh, even after uh, the North won the Civil War, he said, you know, let them up easy, boys. He, he wanted us to, to find 
the enemies and find a way for them to get back into America instead of just endlessly uh, destroying them when they were down. We were, he was always looking for unity. There was something, there's something, there's a, a image of God in the other person that is worth protecting, and there's a country that is worth protecting, even when we believe that half of us are getting it wrong. Right, right. And we all have our own blind spots. This yeah. right side of history thing, you don't know till till you can look back. We yeah. all have our yeah. blind spots, you know, and there's got there's a lack of love. But anyway, there's a couple other Chester. We're about to have to go. Zach's playing the music. Uh, Doug, I always love having you on. You know, you've got an open invite uh, to my show. Anytime and I, anywhere, my brother. I will, Happy New Year to you, and thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you. man. Folks, don't forget about Earthworm Jim and upcoming Bigfoot Bill. I wanted to throw another uh, Chesterton quote out there. The great majority of people will go on observing forms that cannot be explained. They will keep Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions. They will continue to do it and someday suddenly wake up and discover why. It's G.K. Chesterton from Chesterton from On Christmas. All right, I got about 30 seconds. Uh, Doug, thanks again for coming on. Oh, here's another one. Christmas is built upon a beautiful and intentional paradox that the birth of the homeless should be celebrated. In every home. In every home. Yeah. yeah. That's strong that's, stuff. That is, uh, he is, he is so into paradise. All right, we got five seconds. A real defining moment. Yeah, he's the All man. Right, God bless you all. Doug, we love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Folks, Let's coming up next on Dave Ellswick's show is we're cut off. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stacks filling in, but never, or filling in, yeah, but never replacing, setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. And sitting here with me, and he's got the t-shirt to prove it, <laughs> is, is, is Pastor Jason Bogardis of Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, who also happens to be my pastor. So, and, and I know you've got some titles and earned, so what, are you a, are you a DV uh, yeah. or? Yeah. It, well, it's an MDiv. That's the first one you get. That's the master's. And right. Then, then after that, it's a well, you can get a PhD or a DMIN, right. which is a doctor of ministry. That's the one I got. That's the easier one. Okay. So how ironic that the that the shortened version of that is demon. Demon. Yes. Yeah. D- is D- that not a little ironic? Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not implying fast, anything. Yes, okay. Yes. So it's D D men D period. S- say it's D period men. Yeah. Let's say I guess it slowly. That's the, the slow way to say it. <laughs> yes. The, the abbreviation. I'm sorry. There. This is the damaged way that my brain works. Uh, so anyway, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. yeah it's good to be I, here. Uh, on Sunday, I I ambushed you after church. And said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be on the Dave Ellswick Show guest hosting on Thursday. Would you like to come on yeah, and, yeah. and just chat Christmas theology, give the gospel, just whatever you want to do? Yeah, so, well, you know, yeah. as a pastor, you get a lot of interesting comments at the end of sermons. I've never had that one before. <laughs> hey, would you want to be on the radio this week, you know, right after Christmas? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, the first thing you did is you were shocked into stunned silence by my Christmas jacket. Yes, yes, your yeah, Christmas jacket. My festive. Uh, you know, your, yeah, if people, if people go to... 
the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page, they can see see the uh, the uh, festive. See the yes, the yeah. red, the green, and yeah. the tie is just red. It's yeah. or is it green on the bottom? No, I, it, I don't know why it's not green and red, but they, well, they, yeah. I guess they just I don't know. I, it's, yeah. it's a sharp look. There. I, I love like it. The, the, the t-shirt look underneath. Yeah, too, I like there. it. Yeah, yeah you know, yes. got it with a tie and a t-shirt. Why not? Now, it's are cr- you one of those that keep the uh, the decorations up for? Through New Year's, through New Year's, okay. Yeah. Yes, I've I've seen some that keep them through Valentine's Day. Yeah. I wasn't sure how long. No, I go through. Christmas New- I've always period. gone through New Year's. We we traditionally go the day after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving or thereabouts, the weekend oh. after, and then we go through New Year's. I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy. I, I love Christmas. You. Well, so. yeah, with the jacket, you yeah. can tell. Yeah, I, thank. I, yeah, I maybe I, just I, a little I, bit. There you go. There's my hat. Uh, oh, the Christmas hat, the Santa there's, Claus There's the here. Santa hat. Yes, the Santa hat, yeah. yes, so, on top of the other hats. There you go, yeah. So uh, you are a transplant uh, recently to Arkansas. Yes, But yes. You, you're doing a fantastic job well, thank you, sir. at uh, Cornerstone Bible Fellowship. If people don't know, Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is, I like to say it, the old car dealership. Yes. Off 67, 167 in Sherwood, and people immediately go, oh, I know that church. Yes, yes. It's, yeah. it's, uh, we, we meet in the showroom, I think is what it was. It was the showroom at one time, and uh, it's got lots of windows, so I think that's where it was. But yes, it's an old Daewoo car dealership. That's oh, was it was a Daewoo? It was Daewoo, yes. All right. We had the sign for a while, but we did. Well, it works surprisingly well. Yeah. The layout works really it well. It works. It works. Yeah. And then a- you got the building next door for all the you know small groups meet and the oh, kids yeah. yes, and the, the, the gym and all that we have so. two buildings yes one one's with the the sanctuary the other side's offices and buildings and then the youth have a, another building right. across the street so it's it's, it's great quite a bit. Mm-hmm. yeah so well and lots of parking you know when it's an old car dealership there's you lots got of plenty parking. of parking yes. so um so we might as well segue mm-hmm. i mean this will just segue right into it as long as we're talking about the church building, mm-hmm. why don't we tell people where to find it and what times things happen? Yes, it is over at, uh, well, we've already kind of described where it is, the right. car dealerships, right off 167, 67. On, What's the official road that it's on? I don't even it know. It's officially on Warden Road. Warden it's road. at the corner of Warden and Landtrip. That's and usually the easiest way to. There's an elementary school right up the yeah, road. Clinton Elementary is behind yeah, it. You, you know, you kind of got to drive back off the road a little bit to get to Clinton. Uh, it's right past Coles if you're coming down from Jacksonville and, and right before the camper dealership that's right there. So and there's an old um go kart track there too. Yes, we we own the go kart oh, track. So cool. you know, one some Sunday. I, if I mean, really how many to, churches do you know yes, own yes. a go kart track? So. Yes, how many do? And and we've we use it for bikes, that's about it. And we don't really do well, go karts on I'll it. I'll tell you what we might do. We should have the annual instead of the running of the bulls. We mm-hmm. can have the running of the chihuahuas. There you go on the on the go kart track. I don't know why chihuahuas. Just uh, a horde of ravening chihuahuas cracks me up. There you go. So you slavering. Yes. yes. Yeah. So all right. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, before the break and after. What I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and we can take it wherever you want. And before uh, Pastor Jason leaves, uh, I think he's here till four o'clock or three thirty. We we going to unleash the unvarnished blow your hair back gospel. All right. Now that may not be his words for it, but that's my words for it. So he is going to have the opportunity to. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself. There's nothing wrong with loving people. There's nothing wrong with doing good deeds. But we're going to talk about what the gospel is, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 all of that. So, which may or may not surprise you. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I don't like- think people actually hear. They hear nice messages, but I really don't think people hear the the like straight on gospel as much as they think they do. Yeah, it's actually a really good 
question to ask people sometimes, yeah. even at church. You know, what is the gospel? Right. When we have people join our church, that's one of the questions. Yeah, what is ask. it? What is it? What, what yeah. does it mean to to? Yeah. What is the good news? Right. And then when you you know you'd be surprised the number right. of different answers you get sometimes from people that have been there for yeah. decades, and you're like, wow, yeah. So it's a surprise. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, and there's a lot of people that will go to church, especially when they have kids, they start going to church, mm-hmm. say we want our, our kids to be moral people and we want to you know, be good people. There's nothing wrong with those things. Right. Those are really good. But that's not the gospel. No, we. Uh, yeah. yeah, you see a lot of I don't know if it's just it's it's a church thing. It's just a cultural thing now. But, yeah, it's I, I don't know, built around self-esteem. Maybe it's the yeah. idea of. Well, I guess it's the, the, the age-old thing that separates Christianity from every other system is that it is not our good works. It's not the right. things that we do. It is, you know, as, as Jeremiah uh, talks about, the heart is desperately wicked. Uh, and, and from us, our own abilities, we can't earn our way to heaven. And in right. a way, that's the most comforting thing, because if I have to earn it, I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. You spend every waking moment trying to figure out, have I done enough? Have I, what about today? Yeah. What about yesterday? And, and it's... Well, that's the beauty of the gospel. That's why it's right. good news. Somebody else did it. Somebody else did it. I mean, the thing is, if if my salvation status goes in and out on a daily basis, depending mm-hmm. on my performance, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've been preaching through the book of John. I'm a guy that preaches through through books right. of the Bible. And, preaching been, through, and we just talked about Lazarus. Yes, we just, yeah. we just finished up, well, pretty much finished up right. Lazarus. Got a little bit left to go. And... uh just as it were, and with Lazarus, you're just about to the the Passion Week is what they call it. It's the last week of Jesus's life, and going through the Book of John, you really see. I get to study it every single week. The Gospel, as it, it's not. I guess you would say the complexity of it from the beginning. You know, in, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. There in John one one, and then just as it expounds from there, teaching us every aspect of who Christ is, why why he came, trying to explain it to Nicodemus in John mm-hmm. chapter 3, trying to explain it to the, the, the masses that came when he fed the 5,000 in John chapter 6, having his disciples ask those questions and starting to realize it, it's it's so complex on one hand, but on the other hand, it's the simplicity of Jesus mm-hmm. came, he died, and he said, you know, believe in me, right. over mm-hmm. and over and over, believe in me, trust in me, put your faith in and trust in me. I am the one that will will get, get you your righteousness to stand before God, and right. that's what He's telling people. And it's, you know, I talked a little bit about it on on this past Sunday when we talked about Martha, you mm-hmm. know, and in John chapter eleven, I encourage people to look at that one for the gospel because he, he flat out tells her, "I'm the resurrection and the life." You know, he who believes in me, even though he dies, he will rise again, and he you'll have life. Mm-hmm. And then he asked her, "Do you believe this?" And she'd already kind of answered the question mm-hmm. before that. But that's kind of the crux of the entire book, of the entire, of, of all of us. Do you believe this? And, and the reality is that if the gospel has penetrated your heart, if you truly believe, it changes you. It does change. Like you were yeah. just talking about a minute ago, you know, all these good things that you do, they're great. They're great. And they're the result of mm-hmm. belief. The you know, byproduct. Yeah, yeah, they are the, the result, byproduct. not the uh, cause. Yeah. Right. And that's that's kind of how, you know, how do you know uh, uh, there was a train wreck if you didn't see? Well, you, you show up and you see the, the, the cars there, you know, that have right. from the wreck. How do we know if somebody's accepted the gospel? You start to see the change in You'll their life. You'll see fruit. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the gospel. I yeah. mean, is, is Jesus in believing in him that he is the one that died on the cross, rose from the dead, and he is the son of God? And that's what he asks. Is, yeah, which is uh, as, and I think G.K. Chesterton, you heard a little bit of the G.K. Chesterton, yeah, right Chesterton the who I'm here in the past couple of years starting to get more into Chesterton. I've always been a big C.S. Lewis guy mm-hmm. uh, and just self-study and different yeah. things, but... 
I think Chesterton and also C.S. Lewis, they talk about the trilemma. Okay. Okay. And, and they say that if, if you take what Christ said, mm-hmm. if you look at everything he said, he's either a liar mm-hmm. or he's a madman mm-hmm. or he's who he says he is. Yep. And that is the trilemma. You can't, a lot of people say, oh, he was a good teacher. Right. Well, if you really look at everything he said, he, that doesn't, that doesn't really match up. You know, no, I yeah, mean, all, you yeah. have to say, well, he's a good teacher, but he was a liar or he was a good teacher and he was a madman. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, he was a good teacher. Right. right? Well, if you look, like I said, look through the gospel of John. Right. Every time he speaks, the reaction is always that some people believe, some people yeah. think he's crazy. They, they think, you know, he's right. got a demon. They say it over and over and over and it hasn't changed. He has a D dot M I N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He's, <laughs> he's got the spirit. <laughs> we'll call it a spirit there. Yes. Yeah. But I'm yeah, sorry. no, that's, that's the way that people responded to him. Some thought he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, they would come up with what, well, what we all, a lot of people like to do, they make him to whatever they want him to be. Right. Well, so today it's, he's a good teacher and I don't want to say bad things about Jesus because culturally he's still a pretty right. good guy, but that's, that's as far as I'm going to go with him. Well, a lot of people break the first commandment without realizing it. You shall have no other God before mm-hmm. me. They'll say, they'll hear a Christian or they'll read the Bible or they'll say, and they'll say, my God would never do that. Right. And as Ray Comfort would say, who I love Ray Comfort, if you know who he is out there, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a amazing evangelist, street evangelist kind of guy, works for Kirk Cameron. Mm-hmm. He'll say, you're right. Your God would never do that because your God does not exist. That's right. It's comforting to invent your own God. Mm-hmm. One of the things that now in my heart, the spirit testifies to the truth right. of Christ in the Bible. Mentally, one of the things that testifies, if I was going to make up a God Mm-hmm. It would not be the God of the Bible. No. Because everything he does is for my benefit, but a lot of it I don't agree with, and a lot of it hurts. Yeah, but, well, that, that's one of the things I was challenged with. If you haven't had to had change anything in your life, if there's never been a right. conviction about something, then you're worshiping yourself. Yeah. Right, I basically. mean, if, if God, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to everything right. that you do, well, you've got some problems there. All of us should come into some areas where, we, you know, there's there's some... It's like sandpaper on the edges. It, right. It's a little rough, and it's it's changed me. You know, over the years, things that I go, you know, I don't do this anymore. I don't think this anymore. Right. Or when I still do those things, there's there's a conviction of it. But yes, we have a lot of false gods, gods of our own making, and it's easy. You know, you can even come to the Bible and make it say what you want it to say mm-hmm. if you're not careful. It's coming to it with the the mindset of you know, what is it really telling right. me? You know, what is the truth? I can make it say what I want it to say, but I, I know what it's talking about here. And it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, right. We, I'm sure people talk about that. It's even like with the constitution, you know, you make it say whatever you want right. it to say. Most people who talk about something not being constitutional have not read a yeah. lick of the and constitution. Just, yeah. And you right. just, you may yeah. say whatever you want. So I'm like, well, yeah, but I know yeah. what, you, you know yeah. what it really means. Right. And as, as uh, I, I hear some pastors say, especially in the South, they'll say, I'm sorry for reading your mail. But then they'll throw a pat, they'll throw a sermon out there that meddles with you a little mm-hmm. bit. So mm-hmm. and and I feel like if I hear a sermon that doesn't meddle with me a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, either like I'm having a really good week, yeah, yeah. by God's grace, or else that sermon could have had a little bit more salt on it. Yeah, you and know? yeah. Well, yeah. when you preach it, yeah. You preach it to yourself first. Right. I mean, I'm the first one that's going to hear it. And right. there, there are moments where I'm like, ah, you know, I got to get some things straight before I can get in the pulpit right. and preach what I'm right. about to preach. Because it's, it's a convicted me or there's things that I've done. And I'm like, you know, yeah. it, I, I'm not living up to what this says. Right. I know what it's teaching me. And if I don't well, I apply think to that, me first, it's 
it's not going to work. Well, I think that's why an important daily Bible or a daily writer Bible reading and devotional is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got to stay in it every day. And you know, one thing's we'll we'll get to we're going to get to a break and come back and talk a little bit more. But one of the things I, that I like to think and occasionally I'll share with people: the gospel, the Bible, God's truth is salt and light. And salt is powerful and important, but it's not sweet. No. Now, there is a sweetness to Christ, and there is a sweetness to to God. But when you hit somebody with a full-on gospel, it's bright light. It's mm-hmm. not soft mood lighting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sweetie. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's salt. It, prever- it preserves and it illuminates. And, you know, it can hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's why the gospel is good news because you got to yeah. know the bad news first. Right. And that's the problem for a lot of folks. They don't want to hear the bad news part. Well, that's you don't what, want to hear why you need the good right. News. Well, you mentioned Ten Commandments earlier. We were talking mm-hmm. about it, and you know, Spurgeon said, "Some people calling the Prince preachers or whatever." Yeah. The Ten Commandments are ten cannons pointed at your heart that break up mm-hmm. the the solid, unyielding ground, so that then the gospel can mm-hmm. can take root. And with that, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, sure. we'll talk more with Pastor Jason Bogardis of Cornerstone Bible Fellowship right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, sending in for, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. We're chatting with uh, the pastor of Cornerstone Bible Fellowship in Sherwood. That's mm-hmm. the uh, the church in the in the old car dealership. The old off car dealership. 167167. Everyone knows what we're talking about. The old Daewoo. You said it was a Daewoo. Daewoo. Yes, Korean, I think. Is it? Daewoo. Think, yeah, I don't really see those anymore, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's not around, around anymore. Yeah, not yeah. around at all. So anyway, nice church. I, I just happen to attend there there so and services are yeah 10 10 o'clock sunday morning and there's uh there's some bible studies through the week yeah we have small groups meet mondays wednesdays sundays uh, 14 15 of those and then kids things kids activities wednesdays from 6 30 to 8 o'clock yep and youth the youth have their own building across the street and uh yeah that's 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 the church but 10 a.m's on sunday well i'll tell you one of the things that i like about your style is you're refreshingly, I don't know what the word, I guess fundamental, uh, I, I don't know if conservative, you're you're solid in your theology, well, but you're very friendly. Yeah. Like yeah, you well, come yeah, off. I appreciate that. Like you go to these churches, and I know the pastor means well. I mm-hmm. get that. But he's like, I don't want to scare him off. I, you know, I just want to, you know, yeah. and, and, and so yeah. they're friendly, and you don't really get a solid, you get a nice message, but you don't really get a solid you know, like that'll meddle with you just a little bit in the right yeah, way. Well. And and you you have that very friendly approach, but your stuff is solid, man. And, you know, you'll throw out, you'll you'll be like, you'll talk about, I mean, some pretty deep stuff a lot mm-hmm. of churches won't go into these days. Well, I, I'm yeah. a guy, like I said, I preach through books of the Bible about 95% of the time. And so what when I was in seminary and, and, and was kind of determining, you know, how your your preaching style, I guess, or what's your, you, you know, your way forward even praying through all of that, I, I kind of came to the conclusion, preaching through books of the Bible, you're going to come across topics that mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally come across. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us have You're not doing a buffet. You're yeah. not picking and choosing. You're saying, we're going to see what the whole word says. Yeah, and it, when you don't, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with guys that do topical things or, or they, they just, you know, what I call them one-off sermons here and there. But we're all humans. We have a tendency to pick the things that are easier to preach or yeah. that, you know, people are going well, you know like to talk about. That, that kind of nails what I'm trying to say. I apologize for interrupting you. Sure, sure. You're expository, mm-hmm. but engaging. I've gone to some, uh, especially I've gone to a few Bible churches, mm-hmm. and they're expository, 
to the point where I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm getting my vegetables and that's yeah. good. But but my brain's trying to tune out and and your expository, you'll go verse by verse, but you make it feel like it's a topical presentation. Yeah, yeah. you have to uh, I mean, when, two minutes left when you preach it, you got to have a, a you, they call it a rifle approach. You know, you got to know what well, if I can sum up the sermon in one sentence, mm-hmm. then I'm ready to go until I'm at that point. Then it's not ready to preach. And when you know what you're going to preach with uh, uh, that one sentence idea and then you just kind of you, you build everything around it because. The points, you can easily go out there and have the shotgun approach where you have right. five different little sermon points that really don't connect. Or you can just talk about some nice well, thing. Well, no, just come up know. with an acrostic and make something yeah, fit yeah. it. Three points in a poem. Yeah, they used to. You know, I don't I'm sorry, I'm being mean. Yes, I mean, yes, I most pastors but, mean well. Yeah, no, yeah. well, there's nothing. Yeah. Those are good ways for people to remember things, right. too, you know, things that stick with you. And there's, But I like preaching through a book because I'm forced to preach on things that I wouldn't normally preach right. on. Uh, deal with topics that can be difficult, mm-hmm. you know, and you go through some of those books, you can get to a section, you know, I preach through first Peter and you start talking about Noah and the time of Noah and Jesus going to preach to those people. Well, that's convenient to avoid if mm-hmm. you can, you know, do that because it's, there's lots of different opinions on those things. But when you, you know, you preach through it, that's the next thing up. And it also helps you that, you know, you're never preaching at somebody because you're just preaching. preaching. So you're turning it on. You, you got a double, yeah. your gun points both ways. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And you're also not just picking on somebody because they told you something that week and they right. think you're preaching at them. You're like, well, no, that's just the next section. Right, that's the next section. So, yeah. Expository is good, and you're the first person I've run into that makes it feel topical. So uh, what do we got, Zach? About 30, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Folks, we're all sinners. That doesn't mean that I think you're a bad person. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner first. I'm the chief of sinners. As you hear about uh, Pastor Bogardus, he he's preaching to himself. Once you know your sin, read the Ten Commandments see your sin and appeal to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He yes. will save you. He he's done this Christmas light came into darkness. We're all sinners. That's the point. Mm-hmm. It's not that some people are awful and some people are good. We're all sinners. All right. When we come back, we're going to be chatting about impeachment and other stuff. Thank you, Pastor you Jason. Bet. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick show. I'm Shane Stack setting in for, but never replacing Mr. Dave Ellswick. He is uh Taking a much-deserved break. He's really Santa Claus. We revealed that earlier. Sometimes he's Captain America off punching Nazis in the jaw wearing spandex. But once a year, he is really Santa Claus. So he's taking a well-deserved break. Uh, always appreciate the opportunity to be uh, to guest host. Uh, always appreciate it when, when Dave re- reaches out. We also had another bombshell drop today. Huge bombshell. Zach has a girlfriend. I'm not going to go deep into it. I just what we will. That is a, a to be continued. I just want to ask one thing. How long y'all been going out? It's December now. I'll say um, five months. She better realize what a good guy you are. That's all I'm saying. I need to meet her and make sure that she's good enough for Zach. I need to meet her. Where do you want to meet? I don't know. I mean, but we'll figure that out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to meet her. I'm going to check her out, Zach. Check her out. Because oh. there's only one Zach. Anyway, good for you, buddy. You're a good guy. So, uh, you know, I didn't even really, we talked a little bit about, you watched some basketball on Christmas, and you had, uh, like, spaghetti and stuff, sounds... Sounds really nice. Yep. Yeah. So did you did you get anything that you were like, like my buddy sent me a uh, little 
mini uh, Sega Genesis with all the games preloaded, yeah. right? Which is fun. Okay. You know, it's a nice, fun gift. Right. I, you know, I, I really mean it. A lot of people say this, and they know me. I mean it. I do all this stuff for the family at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I really don't want anything. Right. I really just enjoy giving Christmas mm-hmm. and set it all up and everybody over and da, da 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 da. Now, if I get a gift, great. I'll take it. It's fun. But that's not what it means for me anymore. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, the lovely Sheila, I said, I really, you really don't have to give me anything, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, well, I feel, I was like, no, you really, I mean, if you want to fight, whatever, but I really, I don't expect anything. I don't want anything. It's just a fun time of year. And I get, you know, I have fun watching Justice play with his gifts and right. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Having said all that, have you ever heard that there's a quote that says love is what you hear at Christmas, if you stop opening presents and listen. You ever heard that quote? I have never heard that before. So, there you go. It's a great quote. I don't know who said it. Okay. So, having said all that, did you get anything that you like? I got the Game of Thrones shirt. Boom. Game of Thrones. The Iron Throne. Well, wasn't that a particular? I wish, now that would have been great, but um, I got the Game of Thrones shirt, basically, and um, it was, I think, on the front, um, I think, it, like, one side is the winter, and the other side is the... Um, the sunlight or whatever the case may be, but it's a pretty cool shirt. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. That's what I got. So, I, and, and The Witcher is on Netflix now, and I know you were looking on forward Netflix. to the, I know you were looking forward to The Witcher. I've gone through three episodes so far. So The Witcher is a, it's sort of a dark fantasy uh, that is based on originally a set of novels, and then they made video games. Yep. Now, the TV series is based on the rights are to the novels, not to the video games. Exactly. So when you watch the TV series, you may see a little, some differences. You definitely will see some differences, and you will definitely see some things where, you know, yeah, you know, they were trying to modernize or diversify, if you you know, for diversity's sake, you know, certain characters, and, you know, if... Look, you know, like I said, I've read the books. I've been reading the books over the past about three or four months, and I'm on like book number six right now. Oh, you're reading the books? Oh, yeah, I've been reading the books. I've never read the books. Oh, yeah, and like I said, the books are really good. And again, like I said, the first two, well, the first three episodes, uh, precisely, you know, being able to see these short, um, those short stories from the first two books, seeing it on the on the um, on the television screen, basically. And that's what great. I heard. They're kind of basing them on short stories. They are. The first two books of the novels are short story books. However, right. people think about that third book. Right. The third book is really the first book of the saga, right. which the video games are based on. But really to get a, a bigger outlook of the entire universe that, you, that, is set, that the books are set in mm-hmm. and the characters and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. you really need to read those first two short story books. Okay. And they're fantastic because you're just following Geralt as he travels around the world, taking on different monsters, meeting different people that you know from the video games. Like me, I watched the video games first, and then when I, once I heard about the TV series coming out on Netflix, right. I decided to get the books. Now, so, and Henry Cavell, yes, is is who who is Superman in the Zack Snyder, right? Uh, Superman and Justice League movie, Superman two Superman movies and yep. Justice League movie. I think I think Henry Cavell is a. I mean, he's got presence. He's he does. Know, he's big and built, but he's not like swollen up, grotesque yeah. looking. Uh, and I enjoyed him in Mission Impossible. Was it Fallout? I think it was. Yeah, Fallout. I think it was Fallout. Yeah. So 
But he's the Witcher. Yes, Geralt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and the premise is on the Witcher, and folks, we're not going to talk about the Witcher and, and just geek stuff the rest of the show. We're going to be talking about the impeach. What is impeachment? Yeah. And then we're going to talk about uh, the immigration, or not the immigration, the refugee plan that uh, the governor, Asa Hutchinson, has announced. So uh, we will be getting to that. And then later in the hour, we're going to be talking with uh, Mark Pellegrini, or not in the hour, later in the day, we'll talk with Mark Pellegrini and Tim uh, Lim and, and kind of finish off on a fun note. But from now until we take a break, we'll, we'll talk a little about this and we will come back on political stuff. So the Witcher, a Witcher in this fantasy series is somebody that can fight like monsters. Well, they're ba- yeah, they can fight monsters. They're, they're basically mutants. Right. You know, they've been, what's the word I'm looking for? They've been mutated or, you know, they've been. Right. Um, they're not totally human anymore. They're not totally human anymore. And they're not supposed to feel the emotions, you know, the regular human emotions. Not supposed to feel any of that. They're supposed to be able to, you know what? They're supposed to be neutral, neutral really. You know, there's a lot of political stuff going around in the universe of the books. And really, you know, especially Geralt, they're really neutral about a lot of things. Or they choose to be neutral about a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because, you know, the way they've been treated before by humans. And like I say, you you not only there's only there's humans, there's, you know, you got um, other type of creatures, elves and different type of species. Elves? See, this is Christmas. Hey. There's elves. Are yeah. they jolly old elves? You have elves. You have dryads. You have all different types of species and creatures in this um, novel series. And basically, like I say, you know, the witchers are normally they're neutral in their positions on different things that goes on in the universe. And it's pretty interesting to read and to especially through Geralt's mind, through his perspective. You know, why does he choose to be that way? And I mean, it's it's a fun I mean, it's it's great to me. The first two books, which are the short stories, to me, those are the two the best two books, arguably, of the series. Okay, so th- another thing that a, what a Witcher is is like if you're a village, yeah, and you've got a problem with a monster or something nearby, the Witcher comes through. They do. They go town to town. The Outermen. Mm-hmm. They're almost like a dentist. Yes, in the old west, but they kill monsters. That's right. And they have long hair and big swords, and uh, you hire them. You pay them to go. Now, they're not like just knights and heroes. You will pay them. You will pay them because otherwise, you know, Richards, they travel the they travel through places where normally the normal human being does not. Right. And so through swamps or wherever the case may be. However, they're not just going to show up to your town. They're going to show up looking for, you they're, know. They're not heroes. Exactly. They're they're doing a job. Right. You right. know, they want right. to ask how much you're going to pay me for to take down this monster. Right. And and for, now, if I remember right from the video game, they will uh, like if they go do it, and then the town doesn't pay them, it can get real bad. Yes, it can. Okay, so they're not. But it really depends on right. the Witcher. Like okay. Geralt, you know, sometimes you know, a city may hire him to kill a monster, but once he comes into contact with this monster, right? In quotes, if he feels like you know this is really not a monster, like like for example, one of the short stories in the first. Uh, three episodes it's about a sylvan and it's like saying you know, that inside those first two short story books you know you have um basically there's a um a place he goes to and they hire him to take on this sylvan this monster in quotes okay and um the sylvan is really not a monster it's actually doing good things for another species but again the humans don't know that they, they yeah. think that you know this this monster is taking things from them 
for no reason. Now, isn't isn't The Witcher like uh, it's like Norwegian? It's translated into English or something. It's not Polish. Yeah, is it Polish? It's is Polish. That what it is? Okay. Yeah, I think the author is Polish. Now, mm-hmm. the video game. I haven't played a lot of video games. Seen a little bit of it. It's got some naughty bits in it. And the the TV show does it not get a little gratuitous? Man, see, this, this episode, is my thing. This is why I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Man, well. I but see what you're it, thinking about. But does it fit the novels? Or are they just throwing it in there? Oh, no, it fits the novels. Okay. Like I said, well, most least... of it, when you, again, if you read the books, I think this series is great for people who have read the books. Right. So if you, like me, I've read the books, and man, a lot of parts of the, of the show so far, that's accurate. But, that's what, from, I, but what I'm saying, like, it, when I'm, if I watch TV show, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's some naughty bits right there. <laughs> They're not, it's not stuff they just threw in there, like it, it, that fits the spirit of the book. I, I tell you what, it hasn't gotten Game of Thrones like yet. Okay, because so I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones because I heard there was a lot of that in there. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. Okay. People I'm like, just, they want to compare it to Game of Thrones so badly, they right, want to. Right, but it's not. It's not Game well, of Thrones. It, the reason I'm bringing this up is because there could be people that oh, this is on Netflix, The Witcher, I'll go check it out. I just want to let them know there may be a naughty bit. I just I just want to let people know. Like I said, I've only watched three episodes so far, and so far it hasn't got to that level yet. I don't think anything will get to Game of Thrones on the HBO well, yeah, level. Yeah, see, I just I you know I get what you're saying. There's yeah. a lot of people who were basically they heard it from so many people about yeah. you know there's this and that in the in the TV series, and I can understand you know how you can be put off by that. Right. I understand, but you know hey, it's just it's up to each individual. Mm. You choose. Mm. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't gotten there yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm going to get to a break. We come back. We're going to start moving into pe- some stuff that people are more used to on Dave Ellswick show on a Thursday. We're going to talk impeachment and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the, the refugee plan in Arkansas, which I'm still kind of learning. Like, I don't, I'm not an expert on it either. So anyway, we'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Shane Stacks setting in for him and ever replacing Mr. Ellswick. Uh, you know, we, we're kind of all over the place today just, just covering, just having a, a, a variety, a varied variety of topics on the uh, Thursday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, December 26th, the day after Christmas, which is still very much in the window of Christmas, and we, we're feeling that glow. I think for this segment and through the break, depending on how long we go with it, I want to talk about impeachment. Uh, and and I, I want to take a little bit of a different tack here because people, I, I think people have had the opportunity by now to express, are they for impeachment? Are they against impeachment? Uh, why are we doing impeachment right now? I mean, I personally believe that, you know, knowing how politics works and people who just genuinely don't like Trump in Washington, you know, I, I have no doubt that they wanted this to be going on during the Christmas season to mess with him. That That's my personal belief. I, I don't have any proof for it. That's my read of the situation. But I know and I, I would imagine that most of Dave's listeners uh, are, are, don't, are don't want the impeachment to happen. Maybe there are some that do, but for the most part, I, I, I guarantee you, Dave, you know, Dave is a, is a solid Trump supporter 
And I guarantee you that Dave is, you know, not not happy about all the all the impeachment stuff. So it, this isn't so much about whether impeachment is good or bad. Uh, but it's it's like, what is impeachment? Because people talk about impeachment, 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 impeachment. And they'll they'll hear stuff like, well, well, Trump is the third president in history to be impeached. You know, what does that actually mean? So I want to talk about a little bit about the actual processes of, of impeachment. Just for a civics lesson, really, I always like to take the opportunity when when I'm on the show to, if possible, kind of help educate. And even myself, I learn stuff while I'm going into this on, on what impeachment is. Having said that, over the next 30, 45 minutes, whatever, however long we go with this, you are welcome to call in with your opinion on, on impeachment. You know, I think it's this, I think it's that, blah, if you, I mean, and I don't mean that bad. I'm not looking, you know, if you're again, if you just really want to get your opinion out, feel free. I'm not saying that that's not allowed or on the table, but I personally will probably be focusing more on what impeachment is, where we're at in the process, et cetera. So that number is 501. I think it's the first time I've given it out today. I haven't been given the number out, Zach. 501-823-0965. 501 501- 8230965. You can also go to the Dave Ellswick show Facebook page and leave comments on the vi- on the live video and I tried to like I saw uh there's already been two or three comments there and I'll I'll try to take a look and and respond if I can. Uh somebody was asking about the sound. Um w- w- one thing that uh that you need to be aware of during break there will be no sound on the we don't play the commercials, we don't play anything. I'll go ahead. Well, they do play they have their commercials, but not the news break. You know, at the top of the hour for the first five minutes. So it goes quiet then? Yeah, okay, that's when so it's quiet. If if it's top of the hour and the news is playing, yeah. then uh, then there will be no sound. So don't think that there's something exactly. wrong with whatever. But a lot of people watch it by video. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so go to the, the, you know, you can go to 101.1 FM, the answer. No, it's. 1011fmtheanswer.com and you can and you can stream it online or you can go to the Dave Ellswick Facebook page and there's a live Mevo video thing. We even at it right now. That's hey, right. you can see me in my Christmas jacket, half green, half red. I'm crazy like Two-Face. I'm the Batman's arch Christmas nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about impeachment. People feel free to call in 501-823-0965. Maybe you have a if you want to express your opinion or if you you have a question about impeachment, I'll try to look it up for you. We're also going to be talking probably from about 3.30 to 4 on the, uh, i just just becoming aware of this. Uh, I think it came up like Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. Somebody posted about an immigration or refugee plan that Governor Hutchison has for Arkansas. Just now digging into that. We'll talk about that. And then we'll end the day. Uh, five to six with uh, with Mark Pellegrini and, and Tim Lim, and, and we'll just have some fun and talk about different stuff. And we'll learn about Krampus. There's this ages-old, centuries-old tradition, some evil thing called Krampus. And I should know about it as a geek, but I my, my knowledge on Krampus is deficient. So uh, anyway, so starting with, well, I'll, I'll start us here a little bit, and we'll carry through after the break. Now, I'm starting on Wikipedia but we'll find other civics resources. Impeachment 
is the process by which a legislative body, Congress is a legislative body. That's the legislative branch of a of federal government. Levels charges against a government official. Okay, now this is very important. I think a lot of people don't know this. I think a lot of people hear impeachment and thinks you're being removed. Impeachment does not in itself remove the official definitively from office. It is similar to an indictment in criminal criminal law, and thus it is essentially the statement of charges against the official. Whereas in some countries the individual is provisionally removed, in others they can remain in office during the trial. Once an individual is impeached, they must then face the possibility of a conviction on the charges by a legislative vote, which is separate from the impeachment, but flows from it. And a judgment which convicts the official on the articles of impeachment entails the official's definitive removal from office. Okay. And one more thing. It says, because impeachment and conviction of officials involve an overturning of the normal constitutional procedures by which individuals achieve high office, election, ratification, appointment, etc., and because it generally requires a supermajority, supermajority means two-thirds, not a simple majority of 51%, two-thirds. They are usually reserved for those deemed to have committed serious abuses of their office. In the United States, for example, the impeachment at the federal level is limited to those who may have committed treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Impeachment exists under constitutional law in many countries around the world, including Brazil, France, India, Ireland, the Philippines, Russia, South Korea, and the United States. So let's go down to the United States. Take a look. How much time we got till break, Zach? How much time we got till break, buddy? Oh, you were on the you were distracted. Okay. I think we got a couple of minutes here. Okay, so also I don't believe that being impeached being impeached means that like the grand jury has decided there's enough evidence to, to go to trial. So in this case, President Donald Trump has not been convicted of the articles of impeachment, which you could think of the articles of impeachment like if you were arrested and then the grand jury or the prosecuting attorneys or whatever get together and they say, do we have enough evidence here to go to trial? And then they say, well, no, we don't, or yes, we do. So in this case, and we'll get into this more after the break, the uh, House of Representatives, if I remember correctly, decided they they came up with these articles of impeachment, like basically list of crimes, and they voted, and two of them, if I remember right, carried through. Now, I'll double-check that during the break, but they said these two, you know, are, we think that he's guilty of these. But now it will go to trial. And I believe that trial is in the Senate, but I'll, again, I'll verify all this. And, the, and whatever body... It goes to, for trial, they have to vote and find him guilty. And even if they find him guilty, that doesn't mean he'll be removed from office. President Clinton was impeached, and he was not removed from office. Now, later, that impeachment was pardoned and removed, but he was impeached. Clinton was straight up impeached and was not removed from office. So we'll learn more after the break. Feel free to call in with your questions or opinions on the impeachment of Donald Trump, 501. 
823-0965, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Show. I'm Shane Stack sitting in for Dave Ellswick. He's taking a much deserved rest after secretly being Santa Claus. That's right. Dave is secretly Santa Claus. We're going to be talking the next hour. We're going to be talking impeachment and we're going to be talking about uh, Governor Hutchinson's uh, plan that he's recently been talking about for refugees in Arkansas. And I'm, I'm not totally up to speed on that one. So I'm, I'm still going to be getting there. So feel free to call 501-823-0965 on either topic. So a lot of people, you know, I like to have fun. I like to do geeky stuff. I like to, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, my pastor on earlier and, and, and we were talking about uh, the gospel and then Doug to Naples on earlier and we were talking about fun stuff like Earthworm Jim, but we were also talking about G.K. Chesterton, who's a very strong Christian thinker from the 20th century. And a lot of people say, man, Shane, you're not as conservative or political as you used to be. I really am. I've just learned if you talk about it all the time and that's all you talk about, that's all you see the life through. That's the only lens you see life through. And politics is super mega important, super, super mega important, but it's not the only thing in life. So that's kind of what I've learned. It's hard for people to understand. Ah, and But it's super important. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of news out there and there's stuff that, but I've learned like people are like, man, you were a good JP when you're justice peace. I really wasn't. I was loud and I made a lot of noise and got a lot of attention, but I didn't change a lot of votes. So I'm much more these days into, I want to educate and do activism. Elected officials are super important. We need people on the front line, uh, you know, and, and I, so for the next hour, I, we're going to be more political. Uh, and then, you know, we'll wrap up the hour with some fun with Mark Pellegrini and, and Tim Lim. Now, this the impeachment again, and I need somebody to call in because I keep researching and I can't get a definitive answer on can you be impeached but not removed from office? Because Trump's already been impeached, but now it's going to like to the Senate for a trial where he could possibly be acquitted. That's what happened with uh, Clinton. Clinton was acquitted. But if he's not acquitted, can it be, okay, you're impeached, but we're just officially scolding you? Or is it you're gone, you're out of office? And a lot of people aren't going to like what I'm about to say because they want Trump to stay office. I don't want, I think this whole impeachment, there, there are times where impeachment should happen. I think they're impeaching him because they just don't like him. That's personally what I think. They're, it's like when you don't like somebody, so you just dig up anything you can and throw it out there and hope it sticks. I don't think he's personally done anything that matches what impeachment, you know, it's talking about treason or this or that or the other. Misdemeanors, maybe. I don't know. But they think they have enough evidence for a couple of articles in impeachment to send it to the Senate. If he's impeached and removed, you know what happens? 
We get Mike Pence. And Mike Pence is a solid dude. So let's look at all angles. I don't want him impeached. I think he's, I don't agree with a lot of his obnoxious behavior, and I've never made any bones about that. But he does a lot of stuff that is good for our country, and I think he really cares about our country. I think he wants us to have good economy and freedom and trade deals and all that stuff. Now, he can be boisterous and obnoxious, right? But is he in there doing the job? And I think he's in there trying to do the job. And during, and he's genuinely pro-life. I mean, I've seen, like, during one of the most true moments I saw when he was debating Hillary Clinton is when he started talking about ripping babies. For, and he was genuinely outraged by that. So I don't want people to take that statement that if he gets removed, we get Mike Pence's like, I want him removed. But I'm saying you've got to step back and take a breath and look at the big picture. If he's impeached, the world does not explode. Now, I don't want him impeached. I think this whole impeachment thing is crazy. Just like as much as I dislike Obama, there was no reason to impeach Obama. But I dislike him, right? I try to I try to have like a a, a logical approach, I guess. I don't want people going off half-cocked on emotions, and I try to keep myself from going off half-cocked on emotions. Because that gets you into trouble later, even though you feel good right at that moment. But I need somebody to call in 501-823-0965 and help me understand what the possible final result of impeachment could be. All right. Uh, anyway, so back to uh, we're going to look at the United States. We Before the break, we kind of talked in general about what impeachment is. I'm going to talk here a little bit more about specifically the United States. Then we'll talk about um, like some current news. Like during the break, they were talking about that they felt like that if if they could get a lot of a couple of Democrats to change, you know, to change their vote in the Senate, he'd be acquitted. You know, basically the takeaway from the news item was that the Republicans are in unity and it's the Democrats that are split. So if they can peel off a couple of Democrat voters to vote for acquittal, then he'll be acquitted. And you know what happens if you go through all that and the person's acquitted? You've only made them stronger and harder to go after. So a lot of times this stuff can work out to the benefit of the politician or whoever. Because what are you going to do, impeach him again? I mean, you know. Well, yes. Well, yeah, but they, they can't. They, there would really have to be something super legitimate happen. Right. They're, they can't try to impeach him again over this fuzzy stuff they're throwing at him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, they could impeach him again. I mean, if he, if it turned out that he was secretly a Russian spy right. and was embezzling all of the United States gold to, you know, yeah. Cozumel, which he's not, mm-hmm. then they could impeach him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But this silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so let's look back to Wikipedia. Article one in the United States Constitution gives the House of Representatives the sole power of impeachment. Remember, there's two sides to Congress. There's the House of Representatives, which represent the people. And then there's the Senate, which is supposed to represent the states, but really doesn't anymore. Used to the states, uh, legislators, elected senators and send them up. That's why you always have two per state, no matter the population. That's a big problem we have in our country right now is we have two House of Representatives and not a House of Representatives in the Senate in spirit. 
because it's 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 supposed to there's two legal entities represented in the constitution one is the individual citizen the other is the state but both houses are elected by and beholden to the citizen now so that's a problem but that's a whole nother show all right so the, the house of representatives has the sole power of impeachment and the senate the sole power to try impeachments of officers of the u.s federal government now i was looking at another site uh I was on andrewgoodman.org, and he has a Civics 101 on the site about impeachment. And one of the things that it pointed out was that there have been 19 impeachment cases in U.S. history. Most of them, 15 of them, have involved judges uh, with one secretary of war and an early senator in the mix, too. So that would be... Uh, 17, and then you had uh, two presidents have been impeached. This hasn't been updated to show that Trump's been impeached. Today, however, senators cannot be impeached. They are instead censured or expelled from Congress via different procedures, which makes sense because if the Senate is voting on the impeachment, then that needs to be handled by a different body just to remove conflicts of interest or the appearance of conflicts of interest. It's harder to get people to vote for against you or whatever when you're sitting there with them every day, right? So anyway, okay, back to this. Uh, Various state constitutions include similar measures allowing the state legislator to impeach the governor or other officials of the state government. Basically, to boil it down, if, if if the legislative body of the state or country or whatever thinks you've been naughty, this is how they take care of the situation. In the United States, impeachment is only the first of two stages and conviction during the second stage requires the concurrence of two thirds of the members present. That's the supermajority we talked about earlier. Who we got, who we got on the phone there, Zach. Ed from Little Rock. Welcome to the Dave Ellswick show. Yeah, listen, um, I, I heard on another show here, I guess the day before yesterday, um, they had a guest on there that was a uh, some renowned constitutional expert, and she said that uh, the Senate does not have to re- receive anything from the House since the House has already impeached the president. The Senate can go ahead and and do their thing uh, on their own. Hmm. So if if she was correct, then why doesn't the Senate know that? Is my question. Well, there's two there's two answers to that, and this is the first I've heard of that, so I'm shooting from the hip. So bear with me if something else comes out later. One, the Senate probably does know that, if it's true, but to can to show respectful procedure or whatever, they're waiting on, you know, the, the articles of impeachment just to maintain the expected process. Uh, or they know it, and they're just not doing it for whatever reason. Uh, there could be a political reason that, you know, they're they're not doing it. I, I don't know, but that's me. Well, that's me shooting from the To me, that at least they would acknowledge the fact that they know they don't have to wait for the house, but they're just, you know, they're not going to go on without uh, uh, proper procedure or what uh, the house considers proper procedure. It, but uh, right. I, if if she is not correct, 
then I need to let this other fellow know that that lady does not know what she's talking about. Well, you know, it could be crazy. Here's the the weird thing when you get into legal issues. You can have two lawyers in the same room interpret the same law, and they can be both correct. And it could be one of those things where she's like, if you look at it, since I didn't hear it, I'm, again, shooting from the hip. Uh, But another thing, let's here's, here's a possible way to look at it. Like if I'm in the Senate, and I want to get Donald Trump acquitted, then I'm going to let the normal process happen so after I get him acquitted, nobody can scream you didn't follow normal procedure. You just proceeded yeah. without us. So that might be another reason why they're waiting. Hey, well, Ed, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Ed, do you happen to know what, like, I can't get a clear answer on if you're impeached and not acquitted in the Senate, can they do a lesser penalty than removing you? They could censure him. Okay, so so Donald Trump could still be tried and convicted in the Senate, but not necessarily removed from office. Right. Okay, right. so he could get an official, you're a naughty boy, but but still stay yeah. in office. Okay, right. well, fantastic. Well, Ed, I got to get to a break, man, but I really appreciate you calling in. All right, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. And if anybody else wants to call in, talk about the impeachment, know some more information on it, it's 501 501- 823-0965. We're going to get to a break on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking the impeachment. Uh, later in the hour, we'll be talking a little bit about Governor Hutchinson's. Uh, he's got a plan for Arkansas for refugees, which I, I'm still kind of coming up to speed on. But feel free to call in on either 501-823-0965, 501-823-0965. We had a very interesting call from Ed in Little Rock before the break. Talking about they had... Uh, they heard a constitutional expert on another show talking about uh, that the Senate could proceed now if they wanted. So anyway, I'm I'm just kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of what impeachment is and where, you know, maybe where we're at in the process. This isn't so much whether I'm for or against. I talked a little bit about that. You know, obviously I'm against. But this this segment is more like what is impeachment? How does this all work? Uh, you know, but if anybody has an opinion or information on the impeachments, 501-823-0965. And one of the questions that I was trying to, I'm like, I still can't get a bead on if you're, he's already been impeached, which means the uh, House of Representatives voted on articles of impeachment, which means basically we think these charges stick and now we're going to send them over to the Senate and they'll hold a trial. And then he'll either be convicted or acquitted. If he's convicted, uh, it sounds like he can just be publicly scolded or censored, or he can be removed from office. So we'll see. Uh, when when Bill Clinton was impeached, and he was impeached, he was acquitted in the Senate trial, which is what a lot of people are expecting to happen for Donald Trump. So much ado, much ado about nothing. I don't know. The, the, the general scuttlebutt is, uh, the general read that a lot of people have is the Democrats are somewhat divided, uh, and the Republicans are kind of like standing together to, you know, to, I mean, it's a Republican president, you know, it would have to be really egregious for the Republicans not to stand together on this because this is also an attack on the Republican party. So there you go. All right. Anyway, back to the impeachment itself. Uh, in the United States, I'm, I'm reading from a Wikipedia here. And by the way, I got a, uh, got an article, uh, from my friend, Jimmy Looney, who is no stranger to the, uh, to the Dave Ellswick Show. He does the uh, Monsters of Todd charity every year. Um, ex, Ex-FBI tough dude. 
and uh, also uh, does Monsters of Todd and, and lead singer Daisy Chain and all that. He sent me, how does an impeachment work? Here's the step-by-step process. So if I don't get a chance to talk a little bit about that before we change topics, I'll, I'll post it to the Facebook page. Uh, so go to Dave Ellswick show. There's a live video of the, uh, the show and I'll, I'll post it there. So thanks. Jay skinny. Good to hear from your partner. So anyway, back to, uh, some of the, some of the nuts and bolts. So you got to, United States impeachment is only the first of two stages. It goes to the Senate and the second stage requires the concurrence of two thirds of the members present. Again, that means a super majority. You have to have two thirds and it's pretty hard to get and that. And they do that on purpose. So it's not just one party controlling the situation. So impeachment does not necessarily result in removal from office. It is only a legal statement of charges parallel to an indictment in criminal law. An official who is impeached faces a second legislative vote when this goes to the Senate, which determines conviction or failure to convict on charges embodied in the impeachment. When you hear articles of, of impeachment, what happened is the House of Representatives and others, shadowy figures behind the scenes in cigar smoke filled rooms, I don't know. They come up with these list of charges. That's the articles of impeachment. So when you hear these articles of impeachment, that's just a fancy way of saying we this is a charge we're bringing against him and we want him convicted on. So um, although the subject of the charge is criminal action, it does not constitute a criminal trial. The only question under consideration is the removal of the individual from office and the possibilities of a subsequent vote preventing the removed official from ever again holding political office in the jurisdiction from the removed. So according to this, it's like you're either acquitted or you're removed from office. And then there can be another vote to say he can never serve office again or she can never serve office again. So I would think, like Ed said when he called in earlier, that it could result in a a public censure. But this is, again, saying so. I'm still a little bit fuzzy on that, but I'm going to go with Ed for right now uh, and agree with him because that's kind of what I was thinking. But take that with a grain of salt. Three United States president or presidents have been impeached. Andrew Johnson in 1868. I can't remember what he got impeached for. I have to look that up. Bill Clinton um, and Donald Trump in 1998 and Donald Trump in 2019. Neither Johnson or Clinton were convicted by the Senate while Trump still awaits the Senate trial. And additionally, there were efforts to impeach John Tyler and Richard Nixon, but Nixon resigned. Nixon said, I'm out of here. And he split. So here's some, uh, I was looking on Twitter and I did hashtag impeachment and there's some uh, different, you know, just kind of seeing. Um, well, this Twitter, for example, I mean, first, yeah. you know, so you yeah, know, a bunch Twitter, of stuff on Twitter. But it gives you a read of what both frothing sides are saying. That's true. Right? Uh, I mean, most most people. Uh, I mean, there's a rally. This was from an hour ago. OK. About 200 people are here to rally in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, to support the House's expected impeachment of Trump. Uh, why is this an hour ago? Because they've already impeached him. And it says, honking cars join the chance of lock him up. Or the chance, yeah, chance of lock him up. Uh, let me tell you something. When you get a big rally of people together, a lot of people are going to thumbs up and honk and all that just because they get caught up in the energy. So, and I've been in this in politics, just because somebody's honking, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're on your side. Some people just get caught up in the energy. 
it's just like the people who voted for Trump. You know, they right. may tell you in person that they don't support him or don't but, yep. they won't vote for him. Right. But then you know, hey, you don't know that for sure. And here's here's boy here's the uh, political analysis that we get on Twitter. This is from Red Alert Now. Murkowski isn't a moderate Republican. She's a communist collaborator. Hashtag impeachment. Go to Twitter for entertainment, not for your education, folks. All right, we get back. We'll talk a little bit more about impeachment, and then we're going to talk about the governor's uh, thing for the the refugees. 501, give me a call, folks. 501-823-0965. The Dave Ellswick Show. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking a little, little bit more impeachment, and then we'll wrap up the last 10 or 15 minutes of this hour talking about uh, the plan in Arkansas to accept refugees. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of coming up to speed on it. So if anybody has any information or an opinion on either, either the impeachment or that, feel free to call 501-823-0965. So here's what I'm going to do, Zach, because you know I got my Christmas jacket on, Right. And then I got my Christmas tie on, even though I'm wearing a T-shirt. I've got a Santa hat over here. If people go to the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page and look at the video, there's a Santa hat right there. If we get at least one more call this hour, I'm going to wear the Santa hat the rest of the show. All right? It's a call. I want to hear from people on this stuff. Now I'll wear the Santa hat. We think. I'll wear the, I'll wear the Santa hat, and I'll do a little Christmas booty dance. What do you think, Zach? I'll do a Christmas booty dance on camera. Don't put a camera on me because I'll take advantage of it. <laughs> All right, Zach is his face palming. All right, I want to read something here. Let's go from Christmas booty dances back to a little bit of theology, and then we're going to get back to the impeachment. My friend Tom King sent me a message. By the way, Tom, happy birthday. I know you had a birthday a couple of days ago. And Tom's a Dave Ellswick listener and, and also part of my D&D group. That's right. We slay dragons. Um, so uh, Tom says, Shane, listening to you, filling in for Dave Thursday and talking about people's concept of God. This came to mind. We have Pastor Jason Bogardis, Bogardis, my, Bogardis, Bogardis from Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, my church, on earlier. And we were talking about how some people invent their own God. And then he sent this and said, then man said, let us make God in our own image and let us have dominion over his love and over his acceptance and let him love whom we love and hate whom we hate that whoever we accept, he shall accept and whoever we condemn, he shall condemn. So man made God in his own image, weak and powerless created he him, twisted and perverse created he them. And man looked on the God he had made, and he said, I am good. Now, if you don't understand what's wrong with that theology, read some more of your Bible. Tom sent that in to make a point. Don't make your own God, people. Read the Bible. You won't agree with everything, but you'll be a lot better off. Like we, like we were talking earlier, my life has in some ways been harder since I've become a Christian, but it's always better. I mean, there's, I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, all right. Zach's looking at me. I always stare at Zach. He's like, am I supposed to talk or not? Don't worry. I'm getting back to the impeachment. We're going to do till break. We're going to do more impeachment Twitter roulette. Oh, yeah. Remember, folks, if I get another call at 501-823-0965, not only will I wear the Santa hat for the rest of the show, but I will do my Christmas booty dance. 
That's right. I'm just thinking about Twitter, man. You know, when you hashtag impeachment on Twitter, <laughs> you're going to get some crazy stuff. You're going to read some stuff on Twitter. You know it. And I mean, people do not hold back. Oh, the the Mobley Detective Agency is, you know, who always sends us our updates on Shane Plays. He just sent me a message said, looking festive, dude. The Mobley Detective Agency. He's going to come on to Shane Plays pretty soon and give us beyond anime 101. Give us some beyond just the basic anime to watch. Okay, anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna search I'm doing it right now it's like playing roulette you can hear the keys I'm ter- I'm typing impeachment into we have impeachment eve that's a hashtag people are looking at it like a holiday impeachment backfire is a hashtag and impeachment vote I'm just gonna I'm just gonna search impeachment and there's a cartoon here pretty good one of those kind of like political cartoons you see in the newspaper. And, and folks, I believe that radio people have imaginations. So even though it's an audio medium, I believe you can imagine this. So from AF Branco, uh, which is AF Branco on Twitter, uh, we have a political cartoon and it shows Mitch McConnell as a turtle, but he's got Mitch McConnell's face and he's wearing a Santa hat. If I get a phone call before the end of the hour, I'll wear the Santa hat. All right. And he's wearing the Santa hat, and in front of him is Pelosi, dressed up like a bunny, and she looks all frazzled and worn out, and she's holding a briefcase that says articles of impeachment, and so she's the rabbit looking at the turtle that's McConnell, McConnell and says, slow down, you're moving too fast. Of course, implying that the Democrats just went like lightning trying to jam this through. And the Senate's kind of talking about Ed talking about like why the Senate could act now, why aren't they? They're just taking their time. She's like, slow down, you're moving too fast. Because now they're afraid it's going to blow up in their face, and the Democrats want more time to rally support. Because if this blows up in their face, they end up looking stupid. So, anyway. All right. What else we got here? I don't know. Where does this even come from? The Christian Post. Folks, let me tell you something. Just because it says just because it says Christian on it doesn't mean it's Christian. But the Christian Post said, convict Trump. The Constitution is more important than abortion. Bull, because the Constitution, as much as I love it, has only been around the last couple of hundred years. Abortion is a sin that has always been a sin and will always be. I'm sorry. That's murdering a baby. And I know you can be like, what about the health of the mother? Well, okay, we can talk about that. That's like 1% of cases. I'll let you have that one if we if we can talk about the other 99%. That's murdering a baby. Where does this come from? The Christian Post. Good grief. I should do this every time I guess host now. We'll do we'll do Twitter roulette and I'll just lose my lose my stuff over stuff. Okay, and then Herman Cain, there's a name we haven't heard in a while. I like Herman Cain. You know who Herman Cain is, don't you? Yeah. The Herman Cain. That's his Twitter. He says, they're trying their best to convince you that the public wants the president removed from office. It doesn't. Hashtag impeachment. Uh, and this is the House. This See, I don't, this is from December 23rd. Okay. Um. Then somebody else retweeted another political cartoon, uh, and they're, okay, see, this is where people, this is where 
people are either ignorant of how stuff works or else they're purposefully ignorant because they just want to make their point. There's a political cartoon here. There's no signature on it, but it was uh, Rethink That is the Twitter account. that. Tw- oh, no, it's uh, Bram Hall, I think. New York Daily News, if I'm reading that, Bram Hall. So it shows an elephant. And the elephant is pointing at the at the reader and saying impeachment is an attempt to subvert the will of the people. I guess they're saying that that's what some people say impeachment. You're subverting the will of the people. And then above that, it shows the popular vote for the presidential election between Clinton and Trump. And it shows that Clinton had like 65 million and that Trump had like just shy of 63 million. Clinton had 65.8 million. Trump had 62.9 million. And that is a skewing of it. We have an electoral college for a reason. So they, these two are unrelated, but they're trying to smash them together and they're trying to feed into the anger of, well, Clinton won your popular vote and so she didn't be president. No, Clinton and Trump both went into the presidential election knowing how it works. You get the electoral votes from each state. It's never been the popular or maybe way I don't I don't think maybe way back in the day I think the electoral college has been there since the beginning I could be wrong but it's never been the popular vote ever people know this so the people throwing a hissy fit over Clinton and Trump and the popular vote either don't understand civics or are just wanting to throw fits like I'm throwing a fit right now and then they're trying to take that and join it up with the impeachment. Like, well, I mean, what's wrong with impeaching him? Because he wasn't really elected anyway, was he? Yes, he was. He won the electoral vote, which is how it works. And I, for one, support the electoral college because it prevents majority mob rule. And as we said earlier in the the show, there are two legal entities representing the Constitution. One is the individual and the other is the state. It's the United States of America, and every state gets a voice. So the popular vote in each state informs the electoral vote, or should. Trump won the electoral vote. He won the election. You knew that going into the election. We know it now. I can't stand that kind of stuff. And I bet you, you know, they're just trying to throw their little hissy fit. Go read your civics book or change it i don't want the electoral college to go away but if you're so mad at it go try to get the electoral college banished which will lead to bigger problems down the road when a majority a a simple majority mob rule can detect dictate everything we've never been a pure democracy or a republic we're a representative republic for a reason and it is to protect us from mob rule because mobs can get riled up and abused and abused and then once the emotion's been used, they just leave the mob in the dust and keep going with whatever they got achieved. So there's a reason for it. Okay, that's enough impeachment roulette because I'm, bu- I'm about to go kick something. I don't know what. What can I kick around here? Oh, kick. Who, who was this? Rethink that. Come here, rethink that. Let me kick you. All right, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about this refugee thing. This plan for in 2020 allow Arkansas to accept refugees here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And folks, remember, if I get one more call, 501-823-0965, I would like to hear from people on the refugee thing, honestly. But 
if I get a call before the end of the hour, I'll put the Santa hat on and I, and, and I guess I'll do a, a, a Christmas booty dance. Maybe people don't want me to do the Christmas booty dance, which is why no one's calling. I'll put the Santa hat on. All right. We'll be back on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Hey, welcome back to Shane Plays Geek Talk. A journey. Not what the heck? I was in uh, I was in autopilot mode because I was typing. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. It is absolutely not Shane Plays Geek Talk. That's Saturdays at 1. I was just sitting there typing away, and my brain went on autopilot. Uh, I was actually talking or typing to Kenneth Wallace. Uh, he had sent an article about the refugees thing, and I was asking him if he wanted to call in. But he is uh, he's at work right now, so he can't call in. Mark, you can go ahead. Mark Pellegrini uh, is in the uh, studio now. Mark, feel free to um, to jump on. We're talking... Yeah. We've been talking a little bit about impeachment, uh, and now we're just, with the few minutes we have left before the 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 hour is up. We're talking a little bit about this uh, refugees plan that Governor Hutchinson is saying that that Arkansas is going to accept refugees starting in 2020. Now, I'll be honest; I'm still kind of coming up uh, to speed on this. I don't I don't know a lot about it. I'm not informed enough to right. really say anything beyond my, my gut opinion. I mean, I need to know yeah. what kind of refugees are they going to be vetted? Where are they coming from? Right. You know, that sort of thing uh, before mm-hmm. I can really condemn it or not. But my, my gut was immediately kind of feeling that's not such a good idea. Well, we have what started this and I'm not going to go off on a rant because I just ranted before the break where somebody was trying to tie in the popular vote to impeachment and this and that and the other. So I went on a rant about how civics actually works. Yeah. And, uh, but somebody posted a friend of mine and he's one of the friends that I have that we, uh, we usually disagree politically and ideologically, but we can talk a little bit on Facebook and it's not nasty or anything like that. But he posted, I guess on January 23rd is when this came out. There was a letter, uh, that the, uh, that Arkansas sent to, I think secretary of state, said, you know, we'll, we'll basically, Arkansas will accept refugees starting in 2020. Now, it, the story gets a little bit deeper, which I'll get to here in a second, but my friend posted that and said, looks like Governor Hutchinson is reading his Bible, which, so what I responded to was not whether refugees were a good thing or not, uh, because in the Bible it says take care of people, Yeah, but the Bible is also very clear that governments will often take in the refugee or quote unquote, the alien never with no strings attached. There's rules that must be followed. Right. And that's common sense. Yeah. yeah. There's rules. Governments, must, you know, if you're an individual and you see somebody in need, you help them. Governments, this is biblical multiple times in the Bible. The God gave, God gave guidelines for if you bring in the outsider, which is basically not an Israelite, this is how it's done. And there's rules that must be followed and guidelines and, and that. So my response was, you know, I kind of respond on that level. I'm like, just because somebody does something you agree with doesn't mean they're reading the Bible. And just because they do something you don't like doesn't mean they're not reading the Bible. That, that kind of bothers me. A lot of people are, well, you know, they throw this stuff out there. But it did get me paying more attention to this. And w- what happened, it gets a little bit deeper. And a lot of people, you know, if you research stuff, you find out that Governor Hutchinson and and other politicians, sometimes their hand is kind of forced. So there was an executive order that went out recently, basically forcing states to express their stance on refugees. 
right? So mm-hmm. in response to that, Governor Hudson said, said well, okay, if you're going to do executive orders, we'll go ahead and take refugees. So it, it's kind well, of like getting yeah. being forced to, to make a stand or to, yeah. to express your stance right. isn't the same as being forced to accept refugees. Right. No, you, you cannot. They could have stood strong and said, um, like, no, we're not going to take refugees. That's our stance. But right. No, and I agree with that. But what I'm saying is like. Arkansas and Governor Hutchinson were not necessarily looking to stir the pot. Yeah. Right. I mean, sometimes like as much as I disagree with what a lot of Clinton does don't ask, don't tell was kind of a, a lot of people look back and say that was kind of a smart policy because it, it kicked the can down the road, but allowed, you know, peace for that, for that time. It was a compromise. Yeah, it was a compromise. And, and it was kind of a smart, it, whether we agree with it ideologically, it was a very smart political compromise. Uh, and I know people that are gay that were in the military and served under yeah. don't ask, don't tell. Although, like yeah. you said, um, it wasn't yeah. kick the can down the road. I mean, don't yeah. ask, don't tell wasn't going to stand forever. Eventually, right. like you said, the military is going to have to make a call. Right. And, and 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 I'm not saying it's an exact analogy, but in this case, for whatever reason, uh, you know, there was an executive order that went out. And I don't have all the uh, the ins and outs on the executive order. But as a result of that executive order on December 23rd, Monday, Governor Hutchinson sent a letter to. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and the executive order is 13888, and it's it's called On Enhancing State and Local Involvement in Resettlement. And part of what it says is Arkansans have a history of welcoming refugees. While we fully support control of our borders and oppose illegal immigration, we also value the contribution of immigrants and understand the importance of America, continuing to be a welcoming nation for those truly seeking refuge and following the legal path to our land. Now, I want to point out just because you say that in a letter doesn't mean the people that show up are truly seeking refuge and following the legal path to our land, right? This yeah. is just this is just prose. This is, you well, know, whatever. What about all those yeah. people, you know, down at the southern border? They're calling refugees, but right. they came from, like, South America and Central America. They could have stopped in Mexico and any other right. country, but they didn't. They want to come to America for the benefits of being in America. Right. They're not, um, they're not realistic refugees, but we call them those. We anyway. call them refugees yeah. because po- that's a politically charged thing. Exactly. And there are people out there in life that are genuinely refugees. Mm-hmm. They're genuinely, they genuinely need asylum and, and, you know, all of that. And, and we have a process in place for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you invoke refugee, then you're like, well, this just can't wait. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and then you get, you know, these situations here. So uh, the governor said uh, beginning the 2020 calendar year, uh, pursuant to the United States Refugee Admissions Program, um, and that says the president's executive order allows the state to be involved in the decision-making on the placement of refugees. This is the right approach and something I've ad- advocated for as governor. This is Hutchinson talking. Based upon the assurances I have received that proper screenings and security checks, that's what it all comes down to. Well, Can vet, you trust that? Vetting the refugees. Right. I mean, that's how you tell yeah. the ones that really need the help from the ones that are just coming here to take advantage of things. Right. Can Can you trust that? The proper screenings and security checks will be conducted throughout the entire process, as well as the requisite letters of consent from local jurisdictions. I have signed a letter giving my consent to the resettlement of refugees in the state for the 2020 calendar year. I am committed to ensure that refugees brought to Arkansas have a real chance to settle and become self-sufficient. Uh, so... A couple more things to look at this. And, and like I said, I'm shooting from the hip here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but 
you know, that's kind of a key thing there when he says he wants the states to have a say. Do you want the federal government to force it on you with no say, or do you want to be involved in the process, right? Exactly. You want the, well, you want the states to have a say, but you want right. the, uh, the people who live in those states to be able to make up their minds on that, not the politicians in the right. states. Is it the people having the say, or is it the politician making right. that, that decision on well, their own? I guarantee you there was a lot of backroom discussion before any of this ever came yeah. out. You know, this stuff isn't usually a surprise. What I'm more curious about, and we don't have a lot of time to go into it, is why did that executive order going out? What's going on with that executive order? Why did that even go out that kind of created the ripples to get responses? Yeah. Is is Trump just taking a poll on where each state is? Or, you know, what's going on? Yeah. You know? So, um, I don't know. Here, here's the thing. There is a difference between immigration and illegal. Who do who we got there, Zach? Yeah, yeah, bring him on. Hey. Hey, Shane, this is Kenny. Hey, what's up, man? We've only got a couple of minutes before break. What's your take yeah. on what's your take on the refugee situation? This, this... Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster. It's been a disaster everywhere it's been tried. Look at France with a no-go zone. Uh, look at San Francisco. That's mainly caused by illegal immigration. Most Anywhere from a third of these so-called families are not even families. Um, you, you, you've had multiple problems with the immigration system. I mean, we've never got the security measures that we were promised in the 86-87 amnesty. We've had everything from the 9-11 to the Fort Dix terror plot. A lot of those were actually done because the legal immigration system is, is completely overwhelmed, understaffed. It doesn't. It's not going to process these people. That's what I worry about. That's what I worry yeah, about. So is, you mentioned like like Paris and London and Sweden and and every place that's taking refugees. I can't think of one city that's been improved by importing refugees. We look at these places, especially in Europe, and they're disaster zones at the moment. All right, we, we did get a call, help. so I put on my Santa hat There's just to let people know. I said if I got another call. Oh, we got ten yeah. seconds left. Ken, Kenny, can you talk after the break, or is this your only chance? Because we got to get a break. No, in. I don't think so. I just uh, got at work, but I just want to call in and mention that. All right. A number of USA and we got to get, get we got to get to a break, man. But I appreciate you calling. the Dave Ellswick Show. We're in the final hour. December 26th, the day after Christmas, still very much in the window of Christmas, still very much in the You can keep your lights up. You, oh, know, yeah. you don't have to take those down until January 2nd. I, I keep myself up through the yeah. through after New Year's. Yeah, I go up. It goes up the weekend after or the day after Thanksgiving, whenever, and stays up through New Year's. Yeah, you want that so, Christmas afterglow to keep oh, going. Yeah, right. Year. Yeah, it's nice, man. Um, so t- December 26th, also my grandmother's birthday, as I talked mm-hmm. about in the first hour. Sweet mom, we miss you. All right. So speaking of grandma, I saw a news item go, you know, Dave keeps uh, Fox News up here. Oh, they got little Christmas lights around their logo. How nice. Uh, so uh, I saw a news thing come across, you know, the little headline, lower third or whatever, and I didn't get a chance. I have no idea what's going on. But it said, Grandma charges $45 a head for Christmas dinner. 
that's um, that's a wise investment. If you know, we always trust to tell grandma to make our Christmas dinner. Yeah. We all go to grandma's house, you know. Right. We all just kind of leave it to her, and then right. we, when we're done eating, we all leave grandma right. with the dishes. So yeah, right. you know, grandma should be charging us. For grandma's that. yeah, grandma's <laughs> making sure you got skin in the game. So all right, uh, we've got. We're also joined. Uh, by the way, this is Shane Stack setting in for, but never replacing. Mr. Ellswick, uh, as we revealed a bombshell earlier, in the, we've had two bombshells today. Mm-hmm. One of them is Zach's got a girlfriend. Oh, good for you, yeah. Zach. And the other one is that uh, Dave is secretly Santa Claus. Yeah, you, you got the beard and the hat on. You know, I'd buy it. You got the spectacles. Yeah. Yeah, Dave is secretly. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. I was looking at you, yeah. Shane, this whole time. You look more like Santa Claus than Dave yeah, does. Yeah, I'm Santa Claus in training under yeah. Dave. But yeah, Dave is secretly Santa Claus. <laughs> And he's uh, taking a day off after all uh, that. Okay, uh, and, yeah. and and on the phone, uh, who I, I'm going to guess he bought his buns Christmas presents. And by his buns, I mean his rabbits, not his buns. Uh, is 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 Tim Lim, who is no mm-hmm. stranger to the Dave Ellswick Show, is often part of Geek Friday and has guest hosted. So uh, you're you're up. I mean, I can't speak for Dave, but I'd imagine you're up for a guest hosting spot at some point there, Mark. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I got the chops you for don't, that I just think yet. You, all you got to do is be able to flap your lips. Yeah. Well, we got a so Tim and I have um, a streaming show on YouTube yeah. called The Bunderdome. The Bunderdome. <laughs> so we are. I've been getting my practice in doing yeah. that. So maybe someday I'll be. Yeah, up to I'm not committing Dave to anything. I'm just saying you're no you're no stranger <laughs> to the show. So Tim Lim, welcome back uh, to, to the to the Dave Ellswick show. How you doing, buddy? Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, ho, ho. Mark. You heathen. <laughs> so did tim did you buy your bunnies christmas presents yes and no what 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 rabbits like is they like to chew on stuff so what happened was whenever i'd buy a gift i would give the gift to someone and then i would give the boxes to the rabbits so we made houses out of the boxes um one of them my rabbit loved he just went to town on that thing uh for two days and uh, when i left this morning he had already gnawed through, I think, a third of it, so he's wow. enjoying himself. So, yeah, I did get them kind of Christmas gifts. Yay! Good for good for the <laughs> buns. So, uh, anyway, well, you know, glad to have you on. We're gonna we're gonna talk just a little bit of politics because we, I, we didn't get to quite tie up the topic before the break, uh, but we'll have some fun today. Do to do too, and just do some geeky stuff. We'll and have some fun today, dude. We'll have some fun today, dude. And folks, you can go to the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page. I am now wearing the Santa hat because we did get a another call before the end of the hour last show. Now, I'm not going to do the booty dance. I said I was going to do a Christmas. Please don't. I'm I was going to do studio. a Christmas <laughs> booty dance, but we didn't get calls. As soon as I said, "Okay, I won't do the Christmas booty dance," we got a call. So, but I'm wearing the hat. You can go to the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page, and on the video, you can see me wearing not only my Christmas jacket and tie, but uh, but the uh, the Santa hat. So, Tim, I don't know if did you have a chance to listen to the show before uh, before the break? I know you're driving. I don't know where you're at. I just passed through Texarkana, so no, I did not have okay. a chance to listen. But because out here, uh, the reception doesn't go that far. I think actually. Um, the answer stops in Arkadelphia, and then yeah. the signal gets turned off. So I did not have a chance. To yeah, listen to no it. problem. So what we're talking about, and we're still coming up to speed on this. So folks, this is going to be a lot of shooting from the hip. All right. If you're like, well, fact, actually, and you push your <laughs> yeah. your glasses up on your nose, go, um, actually, yeah, okay, um, actually, we may be getting facts wrong. So we're shooting from the hip. This is something new. Uh, we already we talked about the. 
we did impeachment roulette earlier today yeah. where I just went on Twitter and typed in hashtag impeachment to see what showed up. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, but Governor Hutchinson on December 23rd, Monday, sent a letter to the Secretary of State, I think it's Pompeo, and said, yes, we will take refugees starting 2020 for Arkansas. Evidently, yeah. well, it was a response to there's an executive order that went out. And I and see, that's what I'm saying. We're shooting from the hip, trying to figure all this stuff out. There was an executive order that went out that seems like it kind of uh, caused states to have to declare one way or the other what their refugee stat- stance was. And and so I'd like uh, to know if there are any states that said, no, we won't take. I'm refugees. sure there will be. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be. Uh, and this thing where like elections have consequences. Right. Yeah. Uh now, it's it's good to have Asa Hutchinson over some other folks, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not an Asa hater. hater. He wasn't my first choice for governor. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's a lot better than some screaming <laughs> liberal, you know, yeah. I mean, and he is, he is Republican. He's more of a Washington Republican, but he's a Republican, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I was a Curtis Coleman supporter. If Curtis Coleman was in office, he'd have probably said thank you, but no thank you. That would be my guess, because Curtis mm-hmm. was like, you know, he didn't mess around. He was conservative first and, and Republican second. And he was like, Washington can go jump off a. Well, I think the way we put it when I was helping him with the campaign to Washington, we work with you, not for you. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. Right. So, but evidently this executive order went out and it, it kind of prompted states to respond. And for whatever reason, Governor Hutchinson, in, in his own words, he said, well, we'd rather be part of the process and have a say. So we're going to go ahead and accept refugees. So, and and, so, and he said they've got to be vetted and they got to be all this mm-hmm. and this and that and the other. That's where I come down on. I don't trust the vetting process. And and as we talked about before the break, I'm not against refugees. I'm not against helping people. But not everybody who says they're refugees a refugee. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had been in, in Hutchinson's shoes or whoever's shoes and had to make that decision, I would say no right now until we have come up with a vetting process. Right. Um, at, least to stall for time that way because i know what they're trying to do if you if you say just flat out no we won't take refugees and that's you know bad optics like oh are you a racist oh are you right you, know, you hate everybody yeah you hate so puppies if you just say no for now but we're going to work out a vetting process for later that at least gives you an indefinite amount of time to come up with something that right might have been what they should have said but. right what 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 is your and i understand this is a knee-jerk response tim but what's your knee-jerk on this so I have two takes on it immediately. One, to reiterate, uh, I'm not aware of this as far as it, as far as it is on the local level because I've been on tech, in Texas for the last few weeks. So um, obviously my opinion is going to be kind of skewed and probably not fully formed because I'm not right to all the information. But what it sounds like to me is it can be it can also I'm going to give some leeway here because we do take a number of refugees every year as as the United States, and I know that ever since Trump has been in office. The number of refugees has dwindled, but it's the understood um, thing that as far as federal law goes, or at least as how things are right now, that there are X number of refugees that we allow into the country through a, um, an asylum-seeking process. So if ASA is just basically declaring that we are going to take in refugees based on that pre-existing condition, so it's not even an increase in the amount, it's more of a distribution thing, then I'm more neutral on the opinion because it's like, well, they have to go somewhere. Um, now, how it affects the state and how it affects the citizens of Arkansas, 
that is to be determined by the voter, obviously, because I think I'm sure a lot of people would not be happy with that decision either way. It could be another state's problem to deal with. So I'm willing to get, cut him some slack. I'm hoping that it's the latter and not more of a, more of him try, trying to position himself to, I guess, virtue signal and show how accepting and tolerant and all these stupid buzzwords, of whatever they might be. Um, so I don't know. Right now, this is all news to me. Um, I, I trust that Asa will do the right thing by what the voters of Arkansas want, what its constituency is looking for. And uh, as we head into 2020 and the president is trying to secure his base, I think that the last thing you want to do is do anything that will um, have the wrong optics in the eyes of potential voters. Right. Okay. Uh, and I, yeah, definitely uh, on, on behalf of Mark, myself, and Tim, and we're, we're shooting from the hip right now. This is this just broke Monday night. Uh, like I told people, you know, we Christmas three days in a row, and then I passed out last night for twelve hours. So yeah, we've all kind of been. I have a feeling yeah. like they did it. They That's timed interesting it like this timing, on purpose isn't it? when everybody's yes. kind of out of the loop on things. Yeah. So they're seeing family. They're on the yeah. road. So right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is. It's like I said, and again, a, a very interesting point here is that it's in response to an executive order that recently went out. Uh, on enhancing state and local involvement and resettlement. And I think it it almost, you know, states had to respond one way or the yeah. other. And, you know, at least on paper, the message that Governor Hutchinson is putting forward is, well, we'd rather have a say than not. So we will participate in this program. It's like Tim yeah. said, I mean, by federal law, we do have to bring in a certain number of refugees. And I mean, where are they going to go? Right. Some state has to take them. I guess they can't all go to California. <laughs> right. It'd be fine if they did. Why? <laughs> they could go to California and everybody can eat granola and <laughs> live in shanty towns yeah, in the street and defecate towns. in the, in the yeah. sidewalks. Yeah. They'll all fit in one street on San Francisco. Just <laughs> shove them in there. No, that's terrible. So uh, the, the other thing is, I think there's a very important point here is a refugee is a status that's different from a regular immigrant. Mm -hmm. Refugee means like, you know, it should mean anyway that my, I am under a severe hardship and I need to come in. Uh, If I don't come in, dire things will happen. Yeah. Uh, And And I was about to, I was about to say that uh, personally, just from, just from the church, uh, as far as like the Catholic community is in Arkansas, I personally know two families. One was an Indian family and the other one was from Iran and they were refugees and they came into the United States in the 90s, not even during any type of um, fierce right. political uh, political climate. And so there's a lot of people that fit under that status of refugee. It's just that it's a hot button topic right now, because when we think of refu- refugee, we think of countries where people are coming in and the motivations for them coming might not necessarily be altruistic or might even classify as asylum seeking in terms of their in terms of their status, impending danger and doom, um, the political climate of where they're coming from, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of like we have a lot of asylum seekers and uh, people who are refugees from Mexico. But the problem with um, them coming up in the south is, one, are they truly refugees from is teetering between first, second and third world at any given moment? Um, are they under any threat from a cartel or are they coming up just because they feel like it's an easier path to immigration than um, than just dro- going through the legal way? Or are they actually coming from like a war-torn country right. where they, there is a threat to their life, you know? Right. 
And I mean, there are, you know, refugees or asylum seekers, refugees, you know, there are people that, that, that need help and, you know, we, we should try to help them, but we should do it with our eyes open. Well, we should also monitor their behavior once they're here right. and if they behave, um, improperly then you send them back and they lose their refugee status you don't want what happens in paris and london where a lot of the refugees are rioting they're destroying things they're putting graffiti everywhere the crime rates in those cities have skyrocketed in in very serious crimes including you know everything from stabbings to murder to rape to uh, acid attacks something that specific has gone up in these cities uh, ever since the the refugee crisis began and they don't send the people back after they you know, detain them for committing that, even though they're refugees. There should be a, uh, a standard of behavior held mm-hmm. to them, which you know isn't being enforced. I agree with that. Let's let's uh, let's take a break. Come back. We'll spend just a few more minutes talking about this, and then we'll finish out the last thirty minutes today. Fun talking about fun geeky stuff. And one of the things I do want to talk about is if you let refugees in, does that mean we're going to do a no go zone or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're kind of shooting from the hip. And we'll we'll talk about when we go back, but yes, France has had problems, and oh, yeah. and you know. So anyway, we'll we'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm uh, filling in, but never replacing Mister Ellswick. I think tomorrow and Monday you're going to have Ken Kim Hammer, right? Robert Steinbach mm-hmm. and Kim Hammer is going to be his guest on one of those days. That's right, Robert Steinbach, uh, who is who is a very very smart guy. All right. So joined by uh, Mega Geek Brain, Mark Pellegrini, and uh, in, uh, comic book uh, artist, and uh, you, you guys are both kind of becoming a little bit entrepreneur, well, right, with his iconic comics? Or? I'd say that Tim is a bunny aficionado He's a bunny well, aficionado. Tim Lim. And, uh, yes, and pro, pro-refugee with no qualifications. I'm oh, joking, yeah. Tim. I'm joking. So <laughs> I wanted to spend just... You know, five minutes or so, rap, p- trying to put a bow on this—no pun intended—at Christmas time, uh, on this refugee thing. So here's the deal. Uh, you know, Kenny Walleth, Walleth, Wallace called in earlier, uh, really quick from work before his break. You know, and he was talking about like the the no go zones in France mm-hmm. and, and and that sort of thing. And those are a concern. But what I don't know, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I don't know that that necessarily means we would have a similar situation here. I don't know um, what the what the situation the plan is. So, I mean, it's so political in the optics of the media. So, I mean, when you take in refugees, they aren't supposed to just be able to go wherever they want, do whatever they want, whenever they want. They're supposed to be basically detained in an area. Um, but then that becomes, you know, the media calls that an internment camp or something. And right. that's really bad, uh, bad optics. That's really bad for the media. So you don't do that. And so you end up like what Paris and London and all those European cities are going through where they're just letting the, the refugees kind of just roam around and do whatever they want all day long. And they're getting into a lot of trouble and committing a lot of serious crimes. They're kind of taking over neighborhoods. And that's where you end up with the Sharia zones and the no-go zones and places like that. And, right. And I, I, yeah, so I guess the point I'm making is just because we have refugees here doesn't mean that it's going to be this, a similar situation. If we apply common sense right. and we uh, we inf- and we enforce our laws regardless of the uh, of the way it makes us look in the media, then yes, it won't be a problem. The, the problem is that um, a lot of politicians, a lot of lawmakers, just don't have the guts to take that kind of you know that that kind of bad publicity 
and enforce those, those regulations, and then you end up with a Paris and a London. All right. So what? And I've I've got an article here. This is actually out of San Diego News Channel Three K E S Q. Wonder if that's Esquire. But uh, anyway, the Esquire News Channel Three. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson announced his decision to allow the placement of refugees and legal immigrants to Arkansas. The decision comes after President Trump signed an executive order giving the states states the right to refuse to allow refugees by January 21st, 2020. So I, you know, again, I don't, I don't have a whole handle on this executive order, but it sounds like states can just say, no, we're, we're not going to take them. Um, but it, it, it sounds like that, like before January 1st, 2020, you got to let it, you got to go on record and, and let us know one way or the other. And governor Hutchinson, you know, decided, yes, we're going to do that. So I guess we'll see. Any, any more thoughts there on that there, Tim? No, not particularly. I'm going to have to go home and do some more research right. on it. Um, I mean, my, my instinct is telling me, it's like my spider, my spider sense is tingling. It's Your bunny me, sense. Gotta, my bunny sense is tingling, telling me to hop away from trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's get you on record with more stuff, Tim. Uh, here, and here's another point I want to make that's very important. Refugee is a status that means that, you know, I'm in trouble. I really need help. An immigrant is 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 basically saying, I would very much like to come into your country and be part mm-hmm. of your society and all that. And, you know, I'll go through the whatever. And then an illegal immigrant, which I don't like that word. It's like saying undocumented homeowner, right? It, it's right. no, it's no, it's it's people who broke the law and came into the country illegally. Yeah. So an an illegal one thing that, that that people have tried to change the language on immigrants and illegal immigrants are not the same thing. And people are like, well, immigrants, you know, nobody's illegal. Well, no, maybe the person themselves isn't illegal, but they're here illegally. And, and there's an a illegal difference. immigrant is a trespasser, right? <laughs> essentially, is what yeah. it is. I mean, if I, you know, the, the way this this undocumented citizen or whatever that thing was they yeah like, if i go home and there's somebody in my house are they just an undocumented well, homeowner calling, so they were calling yeah legal immigrants undocumented uh citizens which is crazy. And which is stupid that that's yeah. a ridiculous use of language it's like calling a drug dealer an undocumented pharmacist right it's yeah it's, it's just it just chaps me but you control the language you control the message you control mm-hmm. the minds all that stuff all right we're gonna get to a break when we come back we're gonna have fun we're gonna talk about fun stuff but for for the next fifteen or the next thirty minutes will be like a preview of what the Bunderdome is. <laughs> yes. So we'll get back to that right here with Mark Pellegrini and Tim Lim on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've we have gotten pretty political today, but we're going to finish out uh, the show just with a little bit of fun with Mark Pellegrini and. Tim Lim and myself, Shane Sachs, guest hosting for uh, Dave Ellswick. Sort of what he has his geek panel sometimes mm-hmm. on on uh, on Fridays. And we're about to. I'm going to get. Uh, I've seen Star Wars, the new Star Wars. Zach has seen the new Star Wars. Tim has seen it, and we're, we will get a non-spoilery thumbs up or down from each of us. We can't get spoilery. Dave wants to hold off for a couple of weeks before we really go in. We'll talk about the Mandalorian. Which is just that show is just the jam. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what I got to ask first, because I promised people earlier in the show I was going to ask you, Mark. Yeah. 
What is the deal? And I, and this is I'm I'm ashamed for my geek cred that I don't really understand the whole thing. But what the heck is Krampus? Krampus? Yeah. Oh man, you could almost ask Tim about that because yeah. so, uh, Krampus is a uh, part of Austrian folklore. Okay, it's, it's and, yeah, it goes way back. Yeah. Right? So Tim okay. has actually spent um, a couple Christmases in Austria where they do uh, celebrate and observe Krampus Knocked. What? The and cr- he can what? he can tell you more about that All than right. I could. Well, but they've got horror movies about it. Oh right? well, the, the Krampus horror movie by Michael Doherty is excellent. I would recommend that in a heartbeat to anybody. It's one of the best Christmas horror movies ever made. It's up there. It's up there with Gremlins and Black Christmas and Silent Night Deadly Nights. It is really good. It's really funny. Michael Doherty. <laughs> Um, he also did uh, Trick or Treat, which is a great Halloween horror movie, and he also did the recent Godzilla King of the Monsters. He's a fantastic director. So, yeah, Krampus is great. Oh, he did Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yep. Um, that was his big uh, studio film. All right. So, so Tim, what the heck is Krampus? So the Krampus is a creature from Germanic folklore who typically accompanies St. Nicholas. Um, and uh, so their version of Santa is actually probably more in line with um, the original saint nicholas character santa claus he actually does not, yeah saint uh, saint nicholas he does not um come to people's houses on christmas eve he actually has his own day in early december that he comes around and it's actually kind of interesting because basically saint nicholas rewards good kids but the krampus punishes <laughs> evil kids and um, when, I was, <laughs> when I was there it was actually really interesting and uh, it was something that you can't we cannot do it here we would get sued at the wazoo. But basically, <laughs> these people would dress up as Krampuses, and they would be um, aligned. They would be with Saint Nick. There'd be one Saint Nicholas and an army of Krampuses. And what, you could, <laughs> what you could do is, um, let's say my kid is misbehaving. Right. I could go out. I could go out into the street and approach one of these Krampuses, and I and I can pay. I can pay him like five euros, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And, and and the Krampus and it's, it's these guys with these really great like gourd oh, type boxes. Man. And um, you can pay him five euros, and he'll take a, a burlap sack and he'll go into your house, and he'll find your kid, put your <laughs> in the burlap sack, and like carry him out, like kicking and screaming. And then like the mom or dad will be like, "Oh, Krampus, yeah. let my terrible child go. He'll be better next year or whatever." <laughs> so it's basically like scaring your kid straight, not being like a little punk or whatever. But I remember, like, when I, in, let's see, I think it was, like, 2007 to 2010, I spent at least two or three Christmases in Austria, and I just, I got a kick out of it. Right. I thought it was pretty hysterical, and I remember telling Mark about it. I was like, you ever hear about the Krampus? And he was like, what? And, um, <laughs> you know, here, here we are. Well, this is about, like, yeah, that was, like, 10 years ago when you first told me about it, and Krampus <laughs> hadn't really become big in the U.S. yet. And I was like, what are you talking about? Are you making this up? Okay. <laughs> All right, so he kind of looks like a big gnarly thing, right? I mean, he's like an he? elk monster kind okay. of thing. Okay, yeah. so here's what I got to know: in their prime, tail of the tape in the ring, Krampus versus Pumpkinhead. Who's coming out? Oh, uh, there's too many rules attached to Pumpkinhead. You know, if you because uh, Pumpkinhead's invincible, but if you shoot the guy who uh, brought him to life, then Pumpkinhead dies. Um, Krampus, though, I think Krampus is just an immortal thing. He's like a he, he exists through the power of belief, I guess. So I guess if everybody in the audience stopped believing in Krampus, then he would die. It, it's one of those weird things where you can't <laughs> you can't have him fight each other. Okay. And there's an there's an army of them too. It's yeah. Not just one character. That'd still be fun though. Krampus versus Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. On because because Pumpkinhead can't go on hallowed ground, right? Uh, that's what they said in the movie. But then he he just storms his way through a church in Did the first he? movie because I guess the church had well, been un- yeah like, well. Un- 
Consecrated it had, it or has something yeah. to do with the belief of the people in there too. I think I can't well because it was an abandoned church. Right. No one was, so it was not consecrated ground any longer. I suppose yet. Yeah, uh, pumpkinhead kind of plays by its own rules. Imagine <laughs> the the sheer visual spectacle of pumpkinhead throwing down on a horde of Krampusai. Well, if you watch uh, the the Krampus movie by Michael Doherty, which again yeah. I, I really recommend, Krampus yeah. is he's like an overlord. He has minions and he has different levels of minions. He's got killer toys. He's got elves. <laughs> he, he's got he's got gingerbread men. He's got all these monsters that that work for him and terrorize the people in the house before right. you even get to Krampus. Well, so, you know who could take you know who could take Krampus out though. Hmm? Rigor Tortoise. Rigor Tortoise. Rigor Tortoise can take Krampus out. out. And Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Character find in twenty nineteen. Uh, I got to get you to sign my copy, Tim, of Black Ops 2. Mark signed it. All right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got a couple of minutes here before break. So, uh, Zach, I'm about to pull you in. I see you're in there talking to Russ, but I'm going to get your opinion here in a second. Now, I've seen Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And, again, we're not going to be spoilery here because not everyone's had a chance to see it yet. I went in. I'm I'm a Star Wars geek. I'm a Star Wars nerd. Like I was telling Mark during break. I see the Star Wars movies, even if they're quote-unquote terrible, multiple times in theater just for the spectacle of it. I just love Star Wars on the big screen. And I went into Star Wars. I've resigned myself to the fact that it's not Lucas. It's, you know, Disney, whatever. This is the Star Wars we get. So, uh, you know, and I have it. I thought for I thought Force Awakens was fine. I, I really liked Last Jedi, but I understand a lot of people don't. And, you know, I'm not saying you got to like it. Uh, so I went into this saying, I want to see big screen Star Wars. I want space opera. I want space fantasy on an epic scale. And that's what we got. And we, we got the a version of the resolution of the Skywalker epic. And I was entertained and I had fun and I planned to go see it at least one more time in the theater. My average is four times usually for a Star Wars movie. So this, if I can find the time and money, I'll go you know a couple more times at least. So... That's my take on it. Now, uh, Tim, what did you think of Rise of Skywalker? Um, well, I'll just give a little bit of background. I went with I went in with very low expectations because I did not like the Last Jedi at all. Um, I absolutely did not like it, um, and I saw some of the spoilers. And spoilers don't really affect me too much because I think you can take plot elements out of context, and they're sure. always going to sound stupid. For example, Rigor Tortoise. It's a <laughs> stupid concept. Uh, it's, it's your concept. Tom, I'm, I'm sending Krampus and Pumpkinhead after you. <laughs> but it's, it's the idea that if you read it in the context of where it was intended, then you find out, oh, it's actually not that bad. It actually is, it has a payoff. So anyway, um, I was doing some theater signings in Central Texas for, for The Rise of Skywalkers because I've done work for Lucasfilm. So oh, nice. it's uh, kind of a promo thing. And so on Thursday... The theater owner was like, hey, just to let you know, since you're going to be here for three evenings, we uh, we reserved some seats for you. And I didn't want to turn it down because I thought it was very kind of them. Sure. So I I sat, I I, I had the, the 10 o'clock showing at night, and I got out. And the first thing I did was I called my friend, John De La Rose. And the reason why was flying I felt like I had to go to mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah flying, flying sparks. sparks. Okay. I felt like I had to go to confession. <laughs> well... Because he, he was like, oh, what's, what's up? And I was like, I, I have no one I can tell this to without right. them, like, just bad-mouthing me. But I think I like that movie. <laughs> He's he was, almost embarrassed about and, it. And he was like, and he was like. That's 20 what? Hail Marys really? you got to do now. <laughs> yeah, and I, was, I he was like, what, really? And I said, yeah. And I, I was like, I don't want to spoil it for you, but 
um, I really do think it was a good movie. And so he was like, uh, okay, whatever. Well, the right. next day he called, he called me and he was like, dude, that wasn't a good movie. That was a great wow. movie. So and I was like, Del Rose what, are you well, I, and then, so, uh, oh, it gets even better. It gets even better. So the third person to opine on it was Doug Tenable. He did a full video on it. Yeah. Um, we had on, him on earlier today, but yeah, go ahead. Doug Tenable, he did a 25 minute video talking about why the rise of Skywalker is a good movie, and I agreed with well, every he liked, single thing. He liked the redemptive slash resurrection elements in it. It was a yeah. very whether you like the movie or not. One of the main themes is redeeming, and there's mm-hmm. a couple of scenes and plot points from earlier movies that seem like a failure that get redeemed. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, well, hold right. on, hold on. I want to add, yeah. add one more thing to it, real yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, but then again, Doug Tenable and I have very similar tastes. It turns out that his favorite. Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi, which is mine as well. Um, as we, as you guys know, because we've had him on the show before, he also liked Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Huge. Like, thought that, that was. I love yeah, it. So yeah. I, I think so. It's like taste-wise, I don't know if it's objectively a good movie or not. But just from two guys who have very similar tastes, we saw eye to eye in terms of what we thought of it, and then we talked a little bit on um, Sunday night after a stream and we kind of shared more opinions. And uh, I think that I saw what he saw and I think John De La Rose saw what we saw. So every person whose opinion I trust has said very good things about it. Well, and that's fair enough. You know, uh, I'll tell you this, Mark, mm-hmm. if you'll allow me to pay for your ticket, <laughs> I'll take you tomorrow. Well, I can understand. Um, I can understand where you guys are coming from. Yeah. Like, I really, really enjoyed Rogue One. I think yeah. it's the best thing to come out of Disney Star Wars uh, up until The Mandalorian. I really liked Rogue One. But I would say 90% of the people I've met who've seen it said they despised it. They, they, they loathe that movie. Rogue and One? It's one? Rogue One. I've never it's, it's something anybody. that, oh, wow. man, like Red Letter Media, Lambet-based. I have heard they anybody. Have a lot, yeah. Okay, I love it. And it's, it's one of those things I feel the same way about Freddy vs. Jason. I love that movie. Friday the 13th fans hate it. Whatever. What? But I understand. So when, when you feel like you're alone out there liking yeah. a movie that the rest of the world um, seems to be coming down on that, yeah. that feeling, and I feel that way about Rogue One. And I know Tim liked Rogue One. Right? I've never heard I anybody. Love Rogue One. I yeah. love Rogue and, One. Oh man! So you know, and the people who dislike Rogue One, I mean, they don't just is this, dislike it. They say it's it's a completely worthless, pointless, terrible movie because wow. because the wow, characters I've are never heard anybody the, slag on. Rogue I know, One. And, and the reasons it's that they amazing. give are that they feel like. Uh, the characters are forgettable, and my argument is that they're supposed like, they're to be. Supposed to be yeah. But they say like that's not an excuse. And uh, Red Letter Media came down to the Darth Vader scene, which I thought was the best scene in the movie. It's, it's an you amazing know, like, scene. Oh, that that's member berries. That's that's just going for the nostalgia and fan service. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I will not like, tolerate in the spirit so. of Christmas. I will not tolerate <laughs> any 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 negative talk or Rogue One. That's so a great that, that's movie. the thing. So I understand if if you liked um, Rise of Skywalker and you feel like everybody else in the world hated it, you know, then cool. Um, well, here's the maybe thing. I'll watch it one of these well, days. Let me buy you a ticket. That way you're uh, not risking anything other well, than two I'm gonna, hours. I'm gonna, when Tim gets back from Texas, I'm going to sit down and have a long talk with him. And if he, uh, but how can you have a long talk with him without having seen it yourself? I, I know all the spoilers. They've all been but, leaked. Tim, are you in town so. tomorrow? <laughs> what? Are you in town tomorrow? Yes, I am in town in an hour. Actually. Well, let's all three tomorrow go see Rise of Skywalker and then go. I've live. already seen it twice. So okay, twice. This is my second part of the story. So my second part of the story is uh, my wife and I. Ever since we've been married, a, a Star Wars movie has come out every single year we've been married. Right. So it's like a tradition. And so my wife, she was working that night. I saw it, and so she was like, "Well, I, I still want to watch it." 
do you want to watch it again? And I was like, uh, okay, I'll go watch it again. And I wanted to do it to test myself because I was like, hey, J.J. Abrams, is a, he's a very fast director. He's um, a very high spectacle. So maybe the flaws in the movie, after having time to think about it, maybe it'll, <laughs> it'll come out more. I'll ruminate it a little bit more. I love I all the qualification time. here of why he saw it twice. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Right. And so I, I watched it a second time, and I left the theater, and my wife loved it. She was like, that was really good. Like, holy cow, I don't know what people are complaining about. And she was like, did you like it the second time? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I like that movie. All like, right. I've, already, I've seen it twice. I've had five days to think about wow. it. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 and I don't mind holding that unpopular opinion. In fact, sure. part of me just, part of me kind of wants everyone to hate it just so that so you can I have the like contrary it. opinion. Right. Well, I know what it's like because I love and defend The Last Jedi and the prequels to a certain level just because of my love of Star Wars. All right, Zach, up or down, just did you like it? Short and sweet, Mark, you should go see it, man. Go see it. It is very let, good. Let, let me buy you a ticket, Mark. I wanted no, to do that. I, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to have to think about it. And you know, you're not the, yeah, like Zach, you. Shane, you're not the first people to say, like, Mark, let me buy you a ticket. And like, I can't. I that spent two years saying that <laughs> that I'm not going to go see the next Star Wars, uh, the next Disney Star Wars movie. And I feel like I need to. I can't spend two years, you know, sure saying you that I'm not going to do that and then go see it. Then, sure you, know, you can. You can. No, as long as you way. qualify it for I got to stand by my, my principles. Maybe if. if I, I will. I'm not right. saying I'm not going to watch it. I'll probably see it when it comes out on Disney Plus, since I already well, had Tim, Disney I'll Plus. Well, Tim, I'll go see but, it with you again yeah. if you want to see it. Zach, I'll go see it with you again. What are you doing tomorrow? Are you working? Well, I'll be here, but like I said, tomorrow night I'm not. I'm unsure what I'm going to do well, tomorrow we'll go night. See it. I want to go see. It. I know, I owe you Christmas anyway. All right, I got to get us to a break. We come back. Final segment. Believe it or not, we're only going to have about ten minutes, and we'll talk about the Mandalorian. All right, a Star Wars that we all enjoy. It's fantastic. Right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Shane Stack, setting in four, but never replacing Mr. Ellswick. He's taking a well-deserved break after secretly being Santa Claus. Big bombshell we released earlier in the show. Got about seven minutes left. Uh, Just in case I don't don't forget, thank you so much to Dave and Salem Media for allowing me to guest host. It's always a pleasure, um, and I always being... I always appreciate being invited to um, Dave. You're you're a great guy, Salem. You're doing good work here. So, what I want to do for the next few minutes, I'm actually going to step back a little bit, and I want you to support Tim and Mark on YouTube. They have a they have a, a show they do pretty often live stream in the evening called The Bunderdome, and they talk about just cool, fun, geeky stuff with cool guests. And uh, they've been talking about the Mandalorian a lot. So I want you all to take the next five or six minutes and give people kind of a tease or a taste of what your discussion is on the Bunderdome. Sure. Um, so I was actually on Ellswick's show, I think, a couple weeks ago talking Mandalorian. So I think people who tune into Ellswick have already heard uh, me yammer about it. But uh, let's hear what uh, Tim says. Yeah. So if you want to tune on on YouTube, it's called the Bunderdome bun as in bunny because our, our mascot is a rabbit. But we just do a show, I think, two or three times a week, typically Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Thursday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, for the last eight weeks, we've been talking about The Mandalorian, and we do that on a Friday night. The last episode comes out tomorrow, so make sure to catch our, our final segment talking about the last episode of The Mandalorian. If you haven't checked it out, uh, whether you're a Star Wars fan or if you're a person who has no idea about Star Wars, it's actually a really good entry point. You don't really have to know about uh, past Star Wars lore because it's basically a western that uses Star Wars as a set dressing. There's not really any mention of Jedi or Sith or anything like that. 
so what I've noticed is a lot of, I guess what you could call normies, like non, non-geeks or non-nerds, they're easily able to jump into the series and pick up because it's basically a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western set in space with a little bit, actually a lot of um, lone wolf and Ronin influences kind of mixed in. So if you're hesitant, if you're not really on the Disney bandwagon, if you have your doubts, um, tomorrow the last episode comes out, just join the free trial. It's a seven-day free trial. You can binge watch The Mandalorian, all eight episodes in under four hours, and see what you think. Yeah, so The Mandalorian, um, it takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi, and it basically follows a bounty hunter who's from the same um, sect as Boba Fett was, so he wears similar armor. And he has to uh, protect a uh, baby that's of the same race as Yoda from the uh, remains of the Empire that's trying to get that baby because obviously it's a baby Yoda, so it's very special. And we learn more about his character. We learn more about um, the the bounty hunter hunters of the Star Wars universe um, who've been present since Empire Strikes Back but never really got a whole lot of play in the movies. Um, but the way it's written, um, it's um, produced by John Favreau, the director of Iron Man 1 and 2, uh, who is a huge Star Wars nerd, and it's um, written by uh, Dave Filoni, who was the producer of the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series, uh, the CG one. And so it's just full of it's full of Star Wars references for the the Star Wars eggheads, but they're done in a way that it's not impenetrable to like Tim said normies. So anybody can pick up the Mandalorian, and all you need to know is that it just takes place after Return of the Jedi, and you can just sit and watch, and it's it's incredibly gratifying, incredibly enjoyable. My brother watches it him and his wife sit and watch it and they, they've really enjoyed it and they they want to find baby yoda merchandise like everybody else and it's not out there oh, yeah. speaking of which so last night uh the disney store put out the first official plush baby yoda um my wife and i ordered one but you can see the thing it is cute as heck so it'll be shipping i think in the next few weeks how much 24 dollars. it's a 12 inch plush uh plush baby yoda with the jacket and everything officially licensed merchandise they just went up online yesterday at shopdisney.com. Yeah, it's interesting just to show you how kind of spontaneous the reaction has been and and non-cynical that the the approach is they they didn't have any baby Yoda merchandise ready. No. You know, and I've heard varying things. I've heard one John Favreau didn't want spoilers, but I've also heard that they were kind of caught off guard. Well, I feel like even John Favreau wouldn't have the authority to say, no, we're not going to put merchandise out. Disney would say, we want to maximize our profits. We're going to put merchandise out. So I think it's it's in the middle. They, Disney probably did not have a whole lot of faith in the merchandisability of Baby Yoda and, and the Mandalorian. And that gave uh, John Favreau leverage to say, hey, I want to keep this spoiler intact. No Baby Yoda merch for Christmas. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, Which it, blows me yeah. away because Baby Yoda is so obviously you know, a great character. They may have they may have kind of been bo- burned by the Porgs from Last Jedi where oh, they just right. produced tons and tons and tons of Porg merchandise and it's still, you know, gathering dust on shelves. So maybe they kind of thought like, oh, that we that's not going to work. <laughs> just to show you how unreliable my opinion on Star Wars is, I love Porgs and I have multiple. I, I, lo- I like I like Porgs too. Those are the only things I like from the Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, I have multiple. I have a Porg garden of stuff. <laughs> Cute, cute is cute, you know, regardless oh, of the situation it's in. But, yeah, I um, agree. Just, just having worked in the merchandising sector, I completely agree with Mark. I think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle because what happens is, especially when you have movies made by committee, sometimes they can't see what the audience is going to see. Mm-hmm. Their take on a movie might be completely different, and so they don't want to waste the resources on um, on the merchandise because merchandise is really expensive if you don't have any payoff on it 
which is why, like, for example, when I go to Walmart, honestly, there's not that many Rise of Skywalker toys out yeah, there. I, don't s- I, think- I collect the uh, Hot Wheels uh, Star yeah. Wars car mashups and uh, some of the ships, and that's about it. We've got, what, about 30 seconds, Zach? 40 seconds. Tell people again how to find you on uh, on YouTube, guys, the Bunderdome. Yeah, we're at the Bunderdome. That's B as in Bravo, U as in Utah, N as in uh, Nancy, and then Bunderdome. Uh, just type that into YouTube, and you'll see our channel. You'll see the little bunny with the yellow tuft of hair, and that's us. You can find us there weekly, two or three times a week. All yep. right. And tomorrow we'll be having our Mandalorian stream. Um, our special guest, Aaron Sparrow, the writer for Darkwing Duck and many other comics, including the Muppets. He joins us every week on our Mandalorian streams. So All right, we're done. Hey, guys, thanks for joining. Folks, tomorrow you'll have Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Merry Christmas, because we're still in the window of Christmas. And Happy New Year. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.